you better be there the opening morning and you barely get a chance. Dude, it actually used to be statewide, but we just keep breaking this all out. And then if you look, tag cuts have been all the time. And I'm not saying there, I'm sure there was tag cuts are warranted in places. I know they are, but dude, it oh, just yeah. keeps getting cut and cut and cut. And dude, I remember a lot of like Utah residents saying, this is where I was going with it. Oh, well, I would rather hunt a big buck once every two years or three years. Dude, they are literally, there are so many general season deer units down there in a place where they love deer hunting. Dude, it's one in seven, eight years to hunt general season deer. That's not even limited entry. The Rockcast is powered by Onyx Hunt, and for good reason. Onyx Hunt is the number one hunting GPS app in the industry. Stay tuned for a Rockcast promo code. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. This is Travis Hobbs. I am back here on the Rockcast, and I'm pretty excited about today's show. I have two guys on with me today who are next-level mule deer hunters. What these guys have accomplished hunting general season over-the-counter type areas is truly amazing. These guys are the type of guys that I look up to, and I love to get their take. They're normal guys, with normal jobs, and they're fathers. They have young kids, and yet somehow, every year, kill the top-end deer. I think there's so many great tips and points in this episode. I know I learned some things. I think you guys will, too. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this episode. So without further ado, here's Braxton Hamilton and Story Ratcliffe. Uh, Story Ratcliffe here. Uh, born and raised in southwestern Wyoming. Uh, I am a BLM biologist, wildlife biologist out of Rock Springs field office. Um, I guess how I got started, uh, my big brother um, took me out, did some desert mule deer hunting, and uh, I got the mule deer bug and went off to college and didn't get a go after it or pursue it. And as I was in college and, and pursuing other avenues, uh, Braxton was actually back here doing it. And I was always talking to him cause I was super jealous that I wasn't doing it and, uh, came back and we, and then I did my thing and for a few years and then him and I finally went off and the rest is freaking history. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. We, our friendship definitely kindled over hunting, <clears throat> but we met each other. You're in high school, I was in college, at <coughs> soccer. Well, I mean, well, technically I your senior year, it's Sheridan. Yeah, yeah, we met each other, I guess, when we So were, you guys played soccer together? Yeah. Against well, each other? Against each other. Oh, hated right. each other. Really? Hated each other. That's awesome. He hated the way I looked. <laughs> <laughs> to, I wouldn't say I hated the way he looked, but he, to put it in perspective, he had like a three-foot mohawk that was painted orange oh. <laughs> and black <laughs> God. he was the guy on the other team you know yeah. from the rivalry town that you're just like that guy yeah was that's the, awesome it was the punk that could also back it up <laughs> oh come on <laughs> that's awesome yeah so um that was how we met i guess was through soccer and then i went to college in the town he was in high school at oh gotcha and we would our college team would go and play with the high school kids so 
Cool. Yeah, we shared a head coach, and he coached his college team as well as my high school team, and I would always get able able to come and play with the big boys, and that's how we met, and then kind of just kept in contact from there. But so I got it like a quick question: How the hell do you guys play soccer in Wyoming? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, the I snow. did. Right, well, yeah. <laughs> like, dude, that's oh, we, crazy to me. Like, do you they have to start in July? No, dude. Like they, I remember <laughs> having days at school. I remember being in a math class once, looking outside, and there's like two foot of snow, and it's just dumping. And you got soccer. And I'm wearing time. my soccer jersey, like ready to travel. <laughs> like you guys think the roads are open? Like <laughs> that's awesome. That that was life with soccer in Wyoming. Like yeah, they just cool. plowed the field, and as long as the roads were open, we usually played. That's cool, dude. And it might be the same for you, but like by far, I think one of the best places I've ever played soccer, and I've played all around the world is in freaking Afton because there will be two feet of snow. The mountains are in the backgrounds covered in snow and we're out there playing soccer. And I don't know. And like, really there's cool. like a three foot drift around the entire field. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, it was awesome. Cause the ball never went anywhere. It <laughs> yeah, Afton's field. a perfect example of, oh, dude, like, it, I mean, definitely. yeah, I think they called it starvation Valley. I think yeah. that was his yep. real yeah. name and it got yep. abbreviated to star Valley cause it didn't sound good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's wild. There's some really cool history there. For sure. Yeah, so um, Braxton Hamilton here. Um, I have grown up in Wyoming my whole life. Very blessed to be here, live here, have the opportunities we have here. Um, you know, God willing, I'll never move away. This is where we're going to put our roots and stay here. Um, I got into hunting kind of the way most of us do just through my dad and family. And this is just a way of life for us. Um, it wasn't, <clears throat> we've been really spoiled, you know, growing up. Uh, we went through some really cool years, you know, and like just looking back on what we've seen and what we may never see again. For sure. But, but it was really cool to grow up during that time to get the bug. Yeah. And, um, Mule deer in particular, you know, that didn't really start. Like, like I got the bug, like it was something I wanted, but like it wasn't something my dad had. Like mm -hmm. he just hunted everything. Yeah. And, and, you know, we do too, but like, you know, he's an elk guy. Like mm -hmm. back, you know, back in the 90s, like there wasn't as many elk as there is now. For sure. Like that was the thing you went after. Like yes. you went after a big bull. Yep. And so. All that meat. Oh, yeah. 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 And, it, you know, there's still a lot of people that are all about elk, but that was the thing. And so we elk hunted in some of the best mule deer country in the world and grew up getting to see giant deer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I said, probably a little bit spoiled, but like that's what what did it for me. It was just like, why is it that I can see giant deer every year, but like I don't know anybody that's ever killed one? Yeah. And so for me, that was like, okay, I'm going to be that guy then, I guess. For sure. And so I just set a goal to to only hunt deer. And that's, I like remember him. telling a friend at work one time, like, dude, I just want one big yeah. deer. Like, <laughs> and then I'm good. And then I'll go back to, you know, archery hunting elk. And um, I, I can't remember last time archery hunted elk. Yeah. <clears throat> I think we've all had that. Where it's like, I just need that one. And then. Once just, we get it, it's like go do something else, and then yeah. It, yeah, it never happens. Yeah, yeah, and we've talked so much about why deer are so cool and mule deer are like the thing, but it is. It's like this weird addiction with mule deer. Like mm -hmm. I swear, Travis, you and I were talking about the other night. Like I've seen a lot of big elk mm -hmm. on people's walls in the wild, whatever. Like, mm -hmm. but to me, for some reason in my brain, I'm like they're all the same. Yeah, 
I have never seen a big mule deer that looks the same as the other big mule deer on the guy's wall or whatever. Like they are just the most interesting creature in the world and I want them all. I couldn't agree more, man. I think it's like every one of them is so unique. Like, and it doesn't matter. Like they always have, even if they're a straight up typical, like the way that they, it, they're all so unique. And I think it's like one of the coolest parts for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So, so then I guess you bring me back to, um, I was in my young, you know, young 20 year old self. Fresh dad. Yeah. Fresh dad, man. Like I have created a life. So right now I'm a small business owner, Mm -hmm. own an auto glass shop. I have literally like created my life around deer hunting. And I know that sounds really cliche or funny to say, but like I lived in a different town on the other side of the mountains. And I remember listening to a podcast actually, somebody said, you know, hunt the deer that you live by. Mm-hmm. Like you want to be successful, hunt the deer that are closest to you, know your mountain, know yeah. this, that. Yep. And I was traveling four hours every weekend, just spending so much time away from home. And I said, you know what? I got to figure out how to move over there. And so that's what I did. You know, I came over here first with the oil field. Um, I, I live in Pineville, Wyoming. Um, love it here. Awesome town. Great place to be. Anything you want to do outdoors is here. Um, so I found a way to move here, moved here at the oil field. And then, you know, just slowly just kind of said, you know what, these are the moves I'm going to make in my life to where I can pursue my dreams and, um, have a lot more goals moving forward, but this is where we're at. Well, that's awesome. And I think there's a lot to be said about like structuring your life around a hobby. Like for me, kind of the same thing, man. Like I, I wanted to live in mule deer country. I wanted to be close to all the places I loved. And I think it makes a big difference when like, it would be very hard for me to be as passionate about it. If I lived, you know, in California, if I lived in, you know, and I think it's even more relevant, like even in a smaller scale that, I mean, just being close to deer country. And even if it's like, I don't hunt that like right by my house all the time, it's just fun to be in that country and to look at them and then to have access to other places. It's, I think it's a big deal for sure. Definitely helps you. I think the more time, and I've said this for a long time, but the more time a guy can spend in mule deer country and getting to know them, whether it was like even today, just out looking at bucks on the winter range. Like I think every day, like that you're out there, it's just like one more thing you could learn or one more thing you could see or pick up on or, Hey, why are the deer, doing this or how do they look going into this winter? Mm -hmm. Like, I I just think it's good stuff. Yeah. And something I've really learned too, is like, not just looking at the bucks. Yes. Yeah. Today we Mm -hmm. learned a lot from does. Like we saw a lot of does. A lot of fawns. Which is Mm -hmm. something we can talk about, you know, later on or now or whatever, but we can jump into it. So uh, let's just talk about like what we were doing today. And like, so we kind of talked, I said, let's get together. We were going to do it during hunting season. She kind of didn't work out. Never. I wanted to talk <laughs> to you about the buck you killed, which we're definitely going to jump into. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I just wanted to get with you guys and it was fun to come out and see some winter range. It was cool. And it's, I don't know. What, what's your guys' opinion? What do you guys think about that winter? Like what's your overall opinion about today? Like what we've seen out there today? Uh, I think the range looks pretty good right now. I, I think we're, we're coming off of a historically horrific winter. Um, everybody knows that there's yep. no debate about that, but yeah. 
the winter we're having right now is so mild and we're, I mean, we're in the middle of whatever we are, December or something. Yeah. And like, I think it, the range looks really good right now. The deer on the range look phenomenal in my opinion. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yes. I mean, the coats are beautiful. Like so fluffy and cute and like beautiful. <laughs> and fat. Like yeah. Fat. Thick. It's unbelievable. Like the deer we are seeing are, I mean, it's unbelievable. Like the fawns almost like look like they had like a suede mule deer back because yep. they've got so much fat on them. Like they look fantastic. And how many times today were we like, oh, pull the truck over big body deer, throw the binos yeah, up. We're like, it's oh, a dough. Fat <laughs> Just another yeah. dough. No, it's cool. That's a really good thing. But what are you guys thinking on overall numbers and bucks? You guys are really familiar with this stuff. So, I mean, what, what, what are your thoughts? There? Yeah. So we went into an area today that <clears throat> historically, like it's, really mind-blowing how many deer you see mm -hmm. and the quality of deer like mm -hmm. we were laughing today about you know we used to drive by 190 inch deer and just like take a picture out the window like oh i know there's a 200 over yeah. the hill let's go yep. and, like you wouldn't even really i mean you'd obviously like oh that's a big deer but you wouldn't pay much attention to it dude today was sad it yeah. really was yep. um we saw deer yeah that's great we saw healthy deer which is a Really good thing to see, and I'm excited about that. It gives me hope. Um, but we didn't see a ma mature, we didn't see a big buck today. Yeah, I mean, and that looks, doesn't really happen, yeah, in this yeah. particular winter range. Mm -hmm. Something um, else, too, that I kind of like picked up on today was like we prim like only really saw tons of does and fawns, like the buck to doe ratio was way different from what I've personally seen in the exact area through these last few years and i don't know what the buck to doe ratio is but just visually seeing it 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 definitely didn't look right compared to what i've seen before and that being maybe i should clarify like, like not a lot of bucks you know and i uh, i'll be honest today that that i'm glad you said that because that actually shocked me too because i felt like there was a lot of bucks missing like a lot of bucks lot missing. Of bucks. It was just because typically um, on the winter range in Wyoming, it's always been kind of amazing to me almost that like, holy cow, there's yeah. a lot of bucks out here. Mm -hmm. Like, and you see them from all different sizes. Obviously, you're just run of the mill bucks or common, like, but it was pretty surprising to me. Do you know? What their their goal is for the buck to doe ratio in this particular um, herd? I'm pretty sure Wyoming's at 30 or 35. I was going to say yeah. 32. Yeah. yeah. So it I might know. be between. It might be managed it's, actually between 30 and 35. I'd be interested to see. Story, when do they do the counts? Uh, they, they, should be, they should have. Yeah, probably right now. Yeah, they but, should be flying. Yeah, it'd yeah. be hard to do right now. There's not much snow here. That's the other I'm thing sure I noticed is yeah. this time last year, there's way more snow. Oh, yeah. Like that was what was crazy to me. I mean, I come from Southeast Idaho. I drove over here today and I left uh, my house. I think we got, you know, six, seven, half a foot basically everywhere. I come over here and I'm like, I'm happy about that over there. But I come over here and it's like, there's nothing. Like it is an inch, two inches. Only on the snow. north side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> inch to two. Yeah. Like we walked on dirt today. Yeah. 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 So it's pretty, we're off to a really good start. And I, and I commented to you guys, I was actually checking snow tell data um, for like the Bear River Mountains and like Southeast Idaho, Northern Utah. And I think like they're sitting at, I think it was 130% of normal, which is really good. So we're not like, we're getting the moisture. We're still above what like normal or what average is. I, I'm not sure about Wyoming. I haven't checked like the high country snow tell stuff, but 
hopefully we're getting set up for maybe a lighter winter down, but we're still getting some moisture up high. That's like kind of my cross on my fingers here. Yeah. Yeah. So I was telling, I'm a big snowmobiler as well. And, um, you know, even today I was talking with some snowmobiling buddies that are like, is definitely lower than what they would like. But I would say up high in elevation, it's probably pretty normal. Yeah. Um, down here, I feel like it's probably below normal, which mm-hmm. in my opinion, that's like the perfect recipe. Yes. Let's get a bunch of moisture up top yeah. where it can fill the valleys when it melts off and it can fill up their summer range. And like, let's keep dry down yes. here for this year. I know we need we need plenty of moisture on winter ranges, but that winter range looked good good today. You know, and we talked about it earlier today. I really hope, I think best case scenario, we we all were commenting throughout the summer last year was unbelievable for I feel like this entire like Intermountain West, like so Idaho, Utah, um, Wyoming, dude, for whatever reason, and I don't know what it was, but I swear we just kept getting like these rainstorms lined up. We were getting like good soaking rains and like little drizzle rains. And you got I think Story made the comment like how it felt like it rained every night. And I I'm like I agree. Like there were some nights that it was like every night we were getting some sort of a sprinkle or something. Pretty good stuff. I mean, that's best case scenario for deer. Yeah, no, I agree. And then <clears throat> coming into spring, uh, probably the same up in your part of the world too, but especially with ours around here, like born and raised here, 30 years old, like I have never seen so much growth mm-hmm. in the spring like I did this year. Like driving down 191 or even I-80 and just the the length of the grass, Yes, like it was absolutely unbelievable. And then from there, my, my next fear was like, well, if it cures out though, that's going to be a lot of fuel on the ground. But thankfully, like we, we made it through fire season fairly untouched and, but yeah, like the, the amount of growth was crazy to me. I'm yes. happy you said I-80 because that's what I thought was crazy. The deserts. Yes. Yeah. Were beautiful this summer. No, it was an unreal. Like, yes. Like sagebrush was green. Yeah. Yeah. Like really green. I can't remember sagebrush being green. Yeah. (laughs) No, it really was awesome. Like it really was incredible. It, so that's a good, I, I hope going in, but I, I was wanting to know your guys' thoughts. What do you guys anticipate is going to like be the shakeout for the next few years? And I'm not talking about like what you find, but like what, like, like by deer by deer, but just like overall, what do you guys think it's going to be like the next few years, honey? I think, uh, the way this winter is going right now, I think we need like three or four of these winners. Mm -hmm. And then I think we could have a really good idea of what it's going to be like, but I think it's really going to take three to four years and all of us should be praying for really mild winters. And exactly like Braxton had just mentioned, like, we still need that moisture, but like, let's get it up high and keep the valley bottoms free and clear and let them deer and hit the wind. in the summer. Yeah. Yes. So my biggest, I'm afraid. Yeah. I'm nervous about it. Um, I remember 2017 was a bad winter. Mm-hmm. Um, we had 2018 was a bad winter. And 2019, 2020, and even 2021 was a really hard deer to hunt year to hunt deer. Mm-hmm. Um I can't could not agree more, man. Like what I seen and yeah. Yeah. Same thing. You I know, I mean same, yep. those years, so let's, you know, 19, 20, 21. Let's just talk me and story real quick. So in 19, um I killed an okay buck. 
Um, story okay, I mean, in like a like one. He was one seventy five. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say um, I got to double check with you. He was he was a good deer. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was a shoot. It was a running gun moment. Yeah, the deer we never. We were in a spot we've never really been. And so. the reason we were in a spot we'd never been is we were just like checking boxes, man. Yeah. Like it was tough. It was sure. Grind. That was we, our grindest. We had year. one buck that we scouted, maybe two. We had we had two bucks that we scouted, things didn't shake out, mm-hmm. and it was like, all right, back to the drawing board. Yeah, Let's where hunt we deer. Go. Yep. So we took off, we hunted deer. It was a tough year. We grinded hard. We put in a lot of miles. Story actually shot at a pretty good deer, kicked out the deer I ended mm-hmm. up killing. So I killed the 175 buck, 2020, yeah. Story killed a giant. But other than the, the buck he killed, that was it. Like yeah. we were just back at the drawing board. Um, so we had a few years like that, but this winter was worse. Yes. So to me, I'm looking at, okay, so we already, this year, we already know like, it was tough. We mm-hmm. had one good buck and thank God we got him. Yeah. But other than that, we didn't see anything. We didn't see anything over <laughs> 160, yeah. really. Like it was just like there just wasn't mature deer on the landscape this year. So that makes me nervous for the next at least two or three years. Then we pulled that buck out in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Like that was after three weeks. No, four weeks for you. You started earlier than I did of grinding and looking deer over and it was literally our last ditch effort. Yeah. That's so, all it was. And so I, I, I just wanted to say like, dude, I completely agree with what you guys were saying about. So that sixteen seventeen, that's what went. Yeah. That was the bad winter, dude. That was rough. Like all through this whole area. Like I thought it was horrible. Um, that was like the year, the last time before this last winter that Utah did emergency feeding, did their shed closure. Um, I think Idaho fed, like, I mean, it was bad. It was bad all through that area. Dude, I remember coming off that. And so in the spring 2018, I was super nervous because I just, there was deer laying everywhere and I had a really good season in 2018, like probably the best season I've ever had or probably ever going to have. And it was like, so I'm like, ah, it can't be that bad, dude. Since then, like, I really did. Like, I thought prior to then, like, I couldn't hunt all the deer that I had, like, that I could find in the summer. Like, I just couldn't physically go to all the deer and actually hunt them. So I, like, had to, you know, pick. And now it's it's nothing like that. Like, it's changed so much. And I honestly felt like prior to last year, I felt like this uptick. And I don't know if you guys noticed it, but I felt like deer were on the upswing. Like, they were kind of coming back. I oh, was yeah. starting oh, to yeah. Yep. Yeah, see, like, carry over. And I was starting to line these bucks up. And I'm like, okay, it's going to Here we go up. again. Yep. This and is going to be awesome. Dude, winter started. And I'll never forget, man, that winter started – for us, like in South, like, dude, it was like October. I think I had snow on my lawn from the middle of October. I think it was about the 15th is when it started snowing. And I think I had snow on my lawn, like until dude, it was well like mid May when it finally yep. melted. And like, 
that was a big difference because like the 1617, it crushed us. Like it was actually a light winter. I'll never, I had a plow contract, dude. I'm sitting there thinking, why do I got a freaking loader tied up plowing this subdivision? We're not even getting snow. And dude, it was about Christmas time. It just come in and crushed us. And that was a rough winter, you know, like at least that's, it's just, so you never know. And we still, we're definitely not out of the woodwork, but no, I, I feel like think, I feel like some winter's coming. Yeah, but I do think at least we're off to a good start. I know I was going to mention this. I've been seeing so Utah's been doing captures. I know Wyoming's been doing captures. I think Idaho. I think they're started, and I've been trying to follow. Like, okay, what are they seeing as far as like fawn weights, and what are they seeing as far as like fat content? Randy Larson with BYU, I mean, he's been telling, like, there have been possibly a new record broke on a fat deer, like, and that was up north, up in northern Utah. And, like, fawn weights, they're a little low. I think that's kind of due to the long spring. But, like, what I saw out here today, it was freaking awesome, and it excites me, like, the – because that's going to be the – we got to get those we, – we just got to get more deer on the landscape and get yeah. it back rolling. So, it's going to be – Pretty interesting to see how things shake out, though. Um, yeah. 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 Do you mind if I read an excerpt from a book that is? No, you area? mentioned that. No, you you mentioned that earlier. I want to hear it for sure. Yeah. I no. So this my, book yeah. is um, a family that homesteaded around here, uh, actually in the valley that I live in. And I was reading this book the other night, and I came across this little paragraph here that was just like, it's awesome, really telling to what's going on right now. Um. And I want it to be a little uplifting to our souls and just yeah. hope, give us a little glimmer of hope. I know things are I different like from 1915 or whatever, but um, I'll just read this little part here. Uh, kind of skip around a little bit, but it says, I've been asked many times about the good old days. Were there more elk in the upper Green River country than there are now? The truth is their habits have changed and there certainly are more hunters around now than there were years ago. The elk nowadays are warier and stay closer to cover. They're harder to hunt. Um, and then he goes and talks about um, his dad. He says, there was deer in the country during the days of the early 1900s. My dad told me about the wolves running deer out onto the ice of the Green River Lake that winter that we lived up there. Um, uh, let's see, after the deer, they finally, <clears throat> see, there. after that, there weren't many deer around but then they started showing back up again. After the deer started coming back, I remember seeing a monster buck in a clearing. Then he goes off to talk about this hunting. He ended up shooting a doe on accident. But um, <laughs> oh. Then he talks about the antelope. He says, my father said the antelope migrated in and out of the upper Green River country by the thousands in his day. Then the antelope completely disappeared and there were none around for years. During recent years, antelope have came back in the valley migrating in the spring and leaving it again in the fall. I wonder how long they can keep it up though. They are being fenced out. So, so crazy. To and me this could, so it was wrote so this was this guy remembering remembering his father's stories. Yeah. And when he was And he wrote that in the in like early 1900s. The memories were of early 1900s. Okay. okay. Um golly, yeah, he had to have wrote this I'll have to check. Okay. But um interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah, so for me it's like okay, in his lifetime he saw deer, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a bunch of deer, a bunch of antelope. Mm -hmm. He saw them leave mm -hmm. and he saw them come back. 
and again, we talked about this a little bit today. I understand like development's been like off the charts mm -hmm. compared to the 19, early 1900s. Things are different. But for me, it gives me a little hope that like, you know, they probably, you know, they saw cycles of, of the same thing we're seeing. Yep. And I just hope that that's going to come back. The difference that we have in my mind that they never had was the science. Like we have an opportunity to get the right data mm -hmm. and do the right things for the animals that we know they need. For sure. And, you know, we talked today, um, in this corner of the state where we live, they're having some massive fence projects, migration route projects that they are trying to restore, protect. And a lot of it's all about mule deer and antelope right now. Well, and there's no doubt Wyoming is leading the country on migration initiative work. Like it's amazing. Like it blows my mind actually how good they're doing and all the fencing and everything. And we have some States like Idaho, for instance, I don't know of an overpass, an underpass, like they just, it's like not on their radar. And then you have like Utah, I feel like they're working on it, but like these are important issues and it's really awesome to see what Wyoming's doing. Well, and to look at other states, like you mentioned Idaho, like you called me the other day about a fence that you were seeing deer, yeah. like a brand new fence that's like mm -hmm. killing putting, deer. Mm -hmm. um, it's just asinine. No, it's crazy. Like our Department of Transportation, will literally go through, do a road widening project. And instead of installing when they go back and they fix, because they have to fix whoever's fence is there. Even on that case, they're putting up this random barbed wire fence, no specs on it, nothing. Mm. And I can drive up through Wyoming and go through miles and miles of wildlife friendly fence. I can, it's just so it's so awesome to see that they're able to work with the agriculture interest to make sure that cattle are, I mean, livestock are still contained, but to do what's best for wildlife. Like it's really cool. Like I wish every state would get on board and try to help that because yeah. it's, it's a big ordeal. Like yeah. it really is. Yeah, no, I feel like we have the science, we have the answers, like we know what they need. And if you're not doing it, it's just like, yeah, why? Yeah. Why aren't we? Yeah. I mean, with Story's job. Mm -hmm. He does a lot of things, projects like this. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can sit here and complain about what our agencies are doing and like how they're not doing mm -hmm. this. And, but, you know, to sit back and be like, well, I am thankful they're doing something. Yeah. Like stories told me stories of him being out there, like either fixing fence or like creating a plan to fix fence for sage grouse. Mm -hmm. Cause fence kills birds. Yeah. Yep. Like, that's a cool project. Yes. And like the fact that we're doing it with deer, like, like I said, we have the answers. Mm -hmm. Let's fix the problem. Well, and I think too, I mean, I look at some of these states, like, so obviously the Department of Transportation in these states, they're going to try to use their budget to whatever they think's the best and see if all the sportsmen were concerned and states like Idaho and Utah that I feel like are a little behind the eight ball on some of this stuff. If all them sportsmen were voicing concern, guess what? It'd probably be fixed. Like there's a lot of sportsmen, but for whatever reason, just don't get involved. Don't care. We're worried. We're going to complain. Oh, just cut some more tags. It's very that mm -hmm. seems like the <laughs> too quiet. Yeah. Like we're worried. Like all we see is like, Oh, there's too many hunters out there. I'm seeing too many hunters or whatever. And I feel like 
instead of just focusing on always tag reductions or, well, we need limited quota. Well, it's like, well, maybe we ought to try to address some of these problems because these like road widenings, they're a big deal. Like it's a big deal. Um, I don't know. It's just an interesting, it's kind of interesting how things are like that. And I think guys get a bad taste in their mouth and they want to just pick on a few things here and there. And I think it's a big picture. It's a death by a thousand cuts. I think everybody's heard that. And I think it's true, but just, I don't know. It's just hard. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I am nervous. Um, yeah. But I feel like historically we have seen mm-hmm. swings, you know, mule deer weren't really here to begin with. We've had this conversation, yeah. like there was a few, but like this was sheep country. Well, yeah. like This is well, buffalo country. Like, yes. Well, and like, it's very interesting. So there's some like old trappers that wrote diaries um, when they were like passing through like this country, like the Bear River. And so the Shoney Indians, they called them the meat or the sheep eaters. And dude, they were all through like Northern Utah, Southern Idaho, Western Wyoming. And dude, they ate sheep. That's what was on the landscape. Like mule deer, like were not as prolific as they are now. In fact, there was, I've read some journal entries that like a guy had been traveling through like the Bear River area, like up into Idaho from Wyoming, up into Idaho, down and through Utah, trapping all through there. And he like made a note, I saw my first mule deer and like this, it's like page 400. Like, so it's just really interesting Yeah. that, yeah, things do change, you know? And with that being said, like we have chosen to like, yeah. You know, choose mule deer. <laughs> yeah. Like for ag purposes and for things sure. like that. So like now that's in our hands. Yes. And then I think that I hope I just so. have a little bit of hope. Yeah. Well, I I'm glad you shared that, man. And I I really I try and like the back of I, I really am a positive person about it. I think it's gonna come back. But I mean, you know, you get kicked down the road a while and then you come off of a rough drought cycle and then bad winters on top of it, and our deer get, you know, just kicked right in the nuts. And it's kind of depressing. Like, you know what I mean? You start to wonder like, damn, is this going to come back? But I think you have to just have the best attitude and like try and then just try to get involved. Let's, I mean, that's the biggest question I ask a lot of people. I'm like, what are you doing to try to make it better? Like, what are you doing to like contribute or what, how, like, what are, like, what's your thoughts? Like you got to be involved. I think if every sportsman cared and got involved, I think it, I think it would help. I really do. Yeah. And, education before complaints yes yep another thing too like i want to mention like you were talking about like how's like everybody right now really just wants to go to like tag cuts yeah um and that being that there's less animals on the on the range and more hunters or maybe the same amount of hunters but there's less animals so then therefore the simple question or the simple answer would be like okay well like let's cut tags like i think what a lot of people aren't like they're not looking at the big picture, like the, they got like a micro focus on deer, elk, antelope, like the species itself, but the macro picture, like the picture that we really need to be looking at is the habitat. Like we need to increase the amount of habitat and their availability to it. And that's through these fence projects, removing fences so they can connect from good habitat to another, some more good habitat. Like the landscape can only hold a certain amount of care, like the carrying capacity of landscape is whatever that K value is. Mm-hmm. And we can't, we can decrease it with more fragmentation, more uh, infrastructure, 
But the only way that we can increase the carrying capacity and increase the amount of um, wildlife on the range is with habitat. Like everything, like everything should be habitat driven. Yes. Like we have to increase habitat. Like yes. That's my, like, I think that is a bigger fight or would be like, that's where we should be focusing on. Not tag cuts, but like, what can we do to increase the amount of if habitat? We spend our energy educating the public into that point you just made. It, hopefully it would change. I think everything. Yeah. yeah. And I think the hardest part is for a lot of hunters and I'm just like, I think where they really struggle when they hear this habitat argument is these things do take time. And hunters are so like, they want it fixed now. Like, what are you going to do now? But the best, like you said, man, the best long-term investment is our habitat and making sure we secure everything we can. Like we try to help improve what we have and doing these projects. Like it is our, I think the best bang for the buck. I think I've heard a lot of, I, I know it's the case. And, you know, in some of these interesting, some of this inter, this stuff really interests me is when I was young, I always was told that our deer are limited by their winter range. Well, now there's work being done that, no, that's not just the case. Like these deer need to come into winter range healthy. They got to come in fat. And, you know, in Wyoming, Utah, they've all both been looking at these studies like, okay, our deer are this fat? How they've proven they have a way better chance. The fatter they come into winter and it, it's, they can take a rough winter way better than if they come in. And so like summer range improvements, like that stuff. And then the winter range, obviously in those migration corridors, like you were saying, interconnectivity of habitat, it's so important. And I think that is like, I, I know it's the best bang for the buck. And I think it's the best solution for children and our grandchildren to hopefully be able to enjoy mule deer i i really think that's it i would agree and then dude i keep going back to this and this is like this is very simple mindset of me but dude i wish somebody would point out a place that went to limited entry and it fixed the problem because there you. ain't nope there isn't one yep. like every single limited entry place that i know of Dude, they're still struggling with the same damn things that we all are. The only difference is there's a few more bucks on the landscape, maybe a few bigger bucks. So if you want to make that argument, I guess that's an argument. Like maybe you're good with hunting once every 15 years. I, I, to me, I'm not. I think we lose interest at that point. I think to recruit the future, I, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, we, we got to have dollars mm -hmm. and giving out 10 tags a year is not bringing in much money no. to improve anything. Yep. And, you know, when we made our introductions, I was telling you about like growing up in this state of opportunity, mm -hmm. like I love Wyoming. Please no one move here. <laughs> like I love this place. <laughs> yeah. I'm not leaving. Yeah. And if it changed to like what you're talking about to where they took my opportunity, my children's opportunity away, that changes our lives. Mm -hmm. Like I already told you, like we, this is a lifestyle here. Yes. And it might be hard for people to understand or wrap their minds around, but like it really is a part of who we are. Mm -hmm. And so to me, like when we start talking about changing things to limited quota or any other ideas, it's a scary thought. Mm -hmm. I do understand that there might need to be measures, um, to protect what we have, but at one at what point are we like 
straying away from what we have when mm-hmm. we do such such big big measures. No, for sure. And I, it's interesting to hear. So I've kind of sat back. So I, you guys know, I grew up in Utah. I live in Idaho now. I've kind of watched this like ebb and flow. So Utah, Southern Utah, dude, I don't know if there is a more cold, like dude, mule deer is in the culture, like nothing I have ever seen, like in small town, Southern Utah. And I'm not talking about the Wasatch Front, like you got to get south of there, dude. It's so ingrained in their culture. These people love deer, like they eat breathe, sleep. Like I have cousins, my family's from down. Like it is a big deal. Dude, back in the day, it was buy a tag over the counter. I mean, it was no big deal. I remember with my dad going and buying a Southern Utah deer tag, standing in line, like it was no big deal. And then it got to the point where you had to, and, and we could even go further, but I'll just like in the past 25, 30 years, Onyx Hunt Elite subscription will provide way more value than the $100 annual fee will cost you, and that's before you apply the 20% Rockcast promo code. You'll use Onyx on every hunt, every planning session, and now save money with exclusive deals on gear from the industry's best. Onyx Elite also includes application and draw odds tools, educational resources for all species, exclusive mapping and scouting tools, and last but not least, access to nationwide coverage, and now Canada. Onyx Hunt Elite is trusted by millions. Onyx has also released new features to help make hunters more successful. Already known for nationwide public and private land ownership and being a fully functional GPS without service, Onyx Hunt has just released new aerial imagery options like Leaf Off, recent imagery updated every two weeks with historic look back and imagery on demand. On top of that, Onyx is reinventing the trail camera market by syncing your hunt app with multiple cell camera manufacturers and helping organize and analyze your photos. You can also now view your maps in Dash when driving to your next hunting location. These are just a few of the many updates Onyx has for this hunting season. So try Onyx Hunt for free for seven days or go to onyxmaps.com and use promo code ROCKCAST for 20% off your new Onyx Hunt membership. Then it goes to, um, you better be there the opening morning and you barely get a chance. Dude, it actually used to be statewide, but we just keep breaking this all out. And then if you look, tag cuts have been all the time. I'm not saying there, I'm sure there was tag cuts are warranted in places. I know they are, but dude, it just keeps getting cut and cut and cut. And dude, I remember a lot of like Utah residents saying, this is where I was going with it. Oh, well, I would rather hunt a big buck once every two years or three years dude they are literally there are so many general season deer units down there in a place where they love deer hunting dude it's one in seven eight years to hunt general season deer that's not even limited entry and then i look at idaho so we're kind of having the same issues there as you guys. I mean, we have a lot of opportunity, a lot of over-the-counter opportunity still for residents. You know, I mean, it's still pretty damn awesome, but like they'll, I mean, these new limited entry units or limited quota will come up. And that's what people always say is like, well, I'd rather hunt once every three years, once every four years. There's this unit that I, I, I used to love to hunt. It was a general season over the counter. You just go in there. Well, dude, it went to freaking limited quota and yeah it was fun it was a you had a, like a 50 percent draw on it for a while and it went down a little bit and down a little bit more then down a little bit more now i know guys seven eight nine years to draw that and i'm just like 
how I just see the writing on the wall and I hate for like Wyoming residents. I know it's easy and I like, I'm hearing it so much from most of the Wyoming residents, dude, we could make it so much better. We just got to limit some resident participation. I have no idea the exact numbers and I haven't followed it closely, but I'm pretty sure like the, the participation kind of ebbs and flows with the mule deer numbers. I know this year was the first time in, I don't know how many years that actually G on non-resident participation, it actually went down in demand. So there was less people wanting to apply. I'm sure it had to do with winter, but it's just, it's interesting how this bag of goods gets pushed by sportsmen. This one in three years or one in two years, so we can hunt bigger bucks. Dude, I just don't think I, I'm just going to say, I don't think it pans out the way. And before long, it's out of control. And I don't know. But at the same time, there is more people moving. Wyoming, the resources getting smaller. I don't know the answers, but I really don't think doing. <laughs> I, Once I, it's I, gone, yeah. it'll never come back. No, that's the thing. That's, that's what scares me. Mm -hmm. Wyoming, yep. every state. Yes. Especially every Wyoming state. has a history of like once they take something from you yep it's you're not getting it back mm -hmm. yeah and those, that's what scares me the most yeah i was gonna mention that too like i've heard a few people talk to me and they're like oh we need to shut it down for a few years and then yeah. start back up or let's uh limit the tags for a few years and let them get back up and i'm like dude like that no it doesn't work that way like once it's limited like tell me i don't know a whole lot about the other outer states but you would probably know like tell me a limited entry unit that got turned to limited entry and then came back or they increased the numbers. I don't, I, I don't know a single one. So like exactly what you're saying, like once it's gone or once there's a, they put parameters on it, it's final. Well, and yeah, I think deer, elk, yeah, any everything. species. Yep. Yeah. No, I'm talking in general. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a, it really is. It's a, it's one of those things. And so I don't know, just be careful. I, I wish guys would just be careful what they wish for. And the problem is, is once that game and fish agency goes down that path, and they say, okay, it's going to be limited quota, limited entry. They're going to control the number of participation in there by limiting tags. Dude, if they tried, can you imagine them trying to up or put, pick one of these limited, like these later season hunts that roll out here. Imagine Game and Fish next year saying, hey, you know what? We're going to put that back as it just throw it back in the general season. Yeah. Oh, Dude, man. hunters would lose their minds. And that's what happens, man. Yeah. Like it, so it never, it just never works out for them. I don't know. It's crazy. So do you mind if I give like my, like if we had to do something, what I think. I would love that. Cause I think it just gives guys something. It's just a different perspective than what I sure. hear the same old drum beat. I feel like Wyoming has like a strong history of just being like, okay, we're having problems here. Let's make it limited entry. Here's how many tags we give out. I don't care how many people put in yada, yada. Here's our quota. And as a Wyoming resident, so Travis, you live in a different state, you can build up points. You can draw elk tags way easier in my own state than I can. In limited entry units. In limited entry units. Yeah. Like, so like there might be like this amazing, I'm not going to point out certain units, but there might be amazing elk units that I have, according to draw odds, 3% odds mm -hmm. of drawing ever, right? Mm -hmm. But if you... Bring up so many points. And I get into the max point. You can, can get the tag. Yeah. Okay. So that bothers me with Wyoming. I think it's great for you guys and that's fine. But if Wyoming changed these deer units that we hunt 
to some sort of quota, it's possible that my kids, me, we never hunt it again. And like I said earlier, that changes our lifestyle. And what I, if not saying, let's do this, I'm definitely not saying let's do this, but I've had a lot of people ask me this question. Should Wyoming go to a limited entry? Yeah. Oh, dude, it's the talk of the town. It's, like it's it's bothering me how much it's the talk of the town. Yeah. But if if we had to do something, mm-hmm. story just talked about habitat and how let's fix the problem, let's not cry. Mm-hmm. Why not do what Utah does and do uh what is it called? Dedicated hunter. Dedicated hunter program. Yeah. So Travis, you probably know more about the program than I do, but Three years, you get to hunt two years out of the three, correct? Yeah, so... You get to harvest. Harvest two deer out of three years, and and then there's an hour commitment, costs a little more money, and what that allows... It costs a little more money. Yep, and what that allows you to do is basically, yeah, like you said, so you get to hunt, and it's all three hunts. So Utah, this is another thing that you guys are super lucky for, and Idaho is super lucky for, and a lot of states still allow this, but to be able to hunt with multiple weapons... So like True. Utah, you got to pick, you're going to be a bow hunter this year. You're going to be a rifle hunter or you're going to be, maybe you want to be a muzzleloader hunter. So there's like three choices. The dedicated hunter program lets a hunter. So basically you get to hunt all three weapons, but you only, and you get to do that for three years, but you can only harvest two deer in those three years. And then you have to give so many hours or buy your hours and that goes to habitat or conservation work. Well, it's uh, it's supposed to be outlined. It basically goes into the divisions fund and they can kind of do with, and I think there's some debate about that right now, but that's the whole premise is like, so you have a little buy-in. And I think- And I think it's genius. It is cool. It, it really is a very smart idea. I think it could probably be cleaned up. There's probably a few things that could be cleaned up sure. with it, but honestly, I think a state, another state could take that build on it. Dude. And the cool thing is, and I, I got to say this, when I signed up for the dedicated hunter program, um, the first time it was all, I, I was only looking at it for, okay, I, I need more opportunity. I'm going to hunt for it. And I've been a part of it. I, he, I, I've been a part of it ever since. What's, what was cool and I did not expect to happen was I was going to go out and work these projects like Story was talking about, these habitat projects. I'm out there mixing it up with biologists, asking them. Learning. Why are you – so like why are we doing this or what? like how is this going? And dude, that's how you – I mean feeding deer and dude going on deer captures and all of these things. Like they all count towards ours. And dude, it just made me start to realize I got a whole shitload I got to learn about this. Like if I want to make – a reasonable decision, I better invest the time. And like, that's really what kind of started my path down, like to be more involved and try to understand. And I guarantee you it made you a better big buck hunter. Oh, I know it did for sure. Yep. So that's my, my thought on if Wyoming had to do something. And again, you're right. Like, let's clean it up. Let's do what works right for Wyoming. For sure. You know, we're not Utah. Yeah. We we have 400 and some thousand people in the whole Mm -hmm. state. So like, there's definitely some things that need to be tweaked, but I would just like to see like the agency like it consider yes, things like that, for and sure. not just be like, okay, guys, all these, all Billy Bob at the meeting said was let's make this a quota. Yeah. Yep. Then, well, did you get that survey this year? I did. Yeah, and it's like 
pick a weapon, splitting different, uh, like whitetail versus mule deer, splitting the general tag into two different pools. And I just feel like all of those were not like, I feel like we're chasing the problem in the wrong direction. I feel like that survey was sent out because Billy Bob was at the meeting yelling out. Yeah. Oh, he was. I watched the meeting. Yeah. I was at the meeting. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, I was was sitting in the back row just cringing, but. No, and it's hard and I, and I get to, like, I have friends that like completely disagree with me and I, I like the hell out of them, um, about like just my stance on opportunity and all that stuff. And I know a lot of these guys, like they literally do, they have the best intentions. Um, they have the best intentions on earth and they're super passionate and they've watched deer hunting get rough and they're just trying to come up with a solution. I like, I totally get like why the passion is like where it's at. And like those guys screaming in that meeting, you know, like I totally understand it, but I got to say this, this is super cool about Wyoming, dude. I guarantee the governor of Idaho, the governor of Utah, they aren't attending uh, a community mule deer meeting like you guys had, like you got, like, it's super cool, man, to see that. And it's like, you guys are really fortunate that the governor actually took time out of his schedule to come to a a mule deer meeting. To talk about something the public's concerned. Yes. It's very cool. So it's, it's cool. I just... Yeah, I just hope like these irrational decisions aren't made, and like we go into this crazy. Uh, I I don't know. I feel I feel bad for you guys. It's an interesting thing. It sucks. Something probably is going to change. What it is, hopefully, it's the best. I don't know. It's just tough, but it's hard. I mean, I'm just. I can almost hit a rock. I can almost throw a rock and hit Wyoming, and I'm like tied in. Like Evanston's really close to me. Um, Cokeville. I, I, Afton, Star Valley, super connected all through there. And it, it's really crazy. <laughs> I see this push coming and I, I see it coming sooner than later. It's just pretty wild. Yeah. And it's definitely changed, I think, the way that Story and I hunt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%, especially in the last couple of years. Like yeah. we talked about earlier today, like the amount of bucks that we walked away from. Yeah. That yeah will never happen again. Just seeing the writings on the walls, it's like, well, I I hate to say it out loud, but it's like this might be it for us. Mm-hmm. So, well, I really hope it's not. And I I yeah, can you guys talk about you guys? I I want to make sure listeners understand like what you guys have accomplished. And I I know you you both don't want to be bragging about yourselves. Seriously, like, can you guys give me like a, give the listeners like a rundown of what you've been able to accomplish? Cause the other thing I wanted to mention was all of this talk about how bad it is. I want everybody to remember in Western Wyoming, the biggest bucks in, I would argue in the United States were here in a place with over the counter hunting for residents and all public land. Yeah. Like that's what I want people to remember is like, dude, look what was out on the winter range last year. And I'm sure everybody like has a pretty good idea. Everybody knows. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm just, it's, it's amazing what you guys like Wyoming has been able to do. And I don't see you guys taking advantage of it. This is where I want to brag about you a little bit. Like what you guys have done is super, it's commendable to me to be able to maximize your resident opportunity and to turn it into world-class bucks. Like 
and I, I mean, it's pretty amazing. So can you guys kind of talk about that? And I mean, just highlights like what's happened, you know, Yeah. for maybe your first big buck and kind of how it's progressed from there and that kind of thing. Like you guys just talk about, yeah. Sure. And then two, just one more thing, like mix this into if you want, but you guys, they're your partnership. Like you, I, I told you guys before we started, a good hunting partner and you two, like, it's very awesome to see you guys hunt. Like the, it, just talk about that and we'll get into it. Yeah. So I guess to talk about any of the deer that we've yeah. killed, we, you know, it's, we got to mention each other. So we call it team hunting and I guess we'll just outline like kind of what we do and then I'll, I'll we'll start going in on we've accomplished and how. maybe yeah maybe you mentioned how it started too because it's definitely not how it started like we don't operate nowhere near the same as we did <laughs> yeah, go big, big owls here <laughs> <laughs> well so story and i started hunting in 2015 um we both were hunting separately just kind of like everybody else does right yeah. just doing their solo hunts um they might have other hunting partners this weekend or that weekend or whatever um a lot of people know i spent <clears throat> I made a decision a long time ago, like I'm not going to kill just a deer. I am going to kill the buck or mm -hmm. nothing. Mm -hmm. And so I spent a lot of time in the mountains just enjoying the mountains. What was it like? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what was it? It was like, what, seven years? Uh, nine years. Nine years. Uh, nine years. Nine years without killing a deer. Actually, there was a deer somewhere in between, but it was college and it was like, you know, my cousin called me up. You want to go deer okay. hunting tomorrow? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Dropped a two point. Yeah. Um, but between that, other than that deer, it was nine years where I said, you know what, I'm going to kill a big deer. And 2015, I accomplished that goal. This is when Story and I started hunting. He was hunting great bucks. I was hunting great bucks. We, we said, dude, let's, we got it. Like we got to hunt together. Yeah. And at that time it was just like buddies that wanted to yeah. go out. We soon found out like, Hey dude, we can, like we're a good team. We can accomplish some great things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would so, agree. Let's do that. Then, well, I guess what I was mentioning earlier, like how it first started out. So like when we first started going, like it was, uh, we started hunt, we hunted together, scouted together, but we'd scout separately, hunt separately. And it was more of like who scouts it gets it. Mm -hmm. Um, sure. and so, and that was fine. And, and there was nothing wrong with that process. It worked really well. Um, but times were different. Then. But I was a better scouter. So like I had every deer every year. So <laughs> You know, I yeah. don't have to. <laughs> uh, you can freaking argue better hunter too. It was, <laughs> I was just chasing the shadows. No, um, yeah, no, I mean, it really started with Big Al. Like the year that Braxton killed his big velvet buck, um, he scouted him or he seen him first. And I, and I mean, like when he seen him first, like he seen him by like mirror, probably within a minute because we're all right there yeah. looking that way. And Braxton picked him up in the spotter first, which is, completely and entirely freaking awesome but so like that's how we started who who scouts it gets to pursue it or gets to the option to pass on it mm -hmm. and we did that for a few years and in those first few years we were chasing giant deer year after year and like and multiple of them in the exact same drainages but in those few years it seemed like we still weren't walking away with the biggest one on the mountain every year and it was starting to frustrate us um and then we kind of evolved to where it's like, dude, I don't care if you kill that deer or if I kill that deer, as long as that deer comes off the mountain and our backpacks, yeah, that's all that matters. I don't care. Yeah, it's it really became cool. a real like selfless um, relationship. Like 
it if story kills a deer it's my deer too yeah yeah and if i kill a deer same thing like he's just as happy for me as i am for myself and that's the thing about you too that's pretty unique is it, it really is you too i i can tell like are truly like you are you are stoked for okay. the other one like it's it's a really cool relationship yeah. and like you guys yeah it's dude it's really funny you know i <clears throat> i posted a video that i I was sitting back a mile away watching Story. Let me back up a little bit. Yeah, man. If you could play the video, it would be the like definition of what we do. It's on my Instagram. Um, you guys can look at it. But um, I killed Big Al, big uh, 220 deer. Can you talk about it? Let's just run into this. I know we're sure. going to get crazy. What we've got. We're going to have a lot lined up. But talk. Let's just kind of go through a timeline. And maybe that's how we tell sure. these stories. Sure. Is maybe you guys tell the Big Al story. And yeah. 2015, I killed 200 inch typical. Um, 2016, um, me and it's hard to tell this story without our other buddy Josh because he was a part of this. Yeah, and so, um, yeah, that's sorry. I wish we could get. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. Um, Josh killed a. Um, we actually think it was my buck from 2015. We think it was his twin, hmm. but um, a huge deer. I killed a good deer that year. Um, 2017 was a really rough year for all of us except for Travis. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but we just didn't uh, connect really that year. But you um, guys did find deer. We did. Yeah, we yeah, did find deer. You had a list of, yeah. At that time in our hunting career, we were like 230 or bust, man. Like that's what we wanted. <laughs> well, so dude, we're, But I do have to say during those few years, like leading up to that, the, like the bad winter and stuff, dude, it was pretty epic. Yeah. And I think, I mean, 230, that's a lofty goal. Mm. Like, I'm not going to tell you. It was you're, achievable. I'm not going to tell you you're not stupid, right. but it was achievable. It was achievable. <laughs> and yeah. like living where we live, like yeah. we've seen it. Yes. So like for us, it was like, you're not going to kill a 230 if you're shooting a 200. Mm -hmm. And I know how stupid that is. <laughs> that's hard for me. Yeah. <laughs> I sit and think, on general season public land, you guys are past 200. Like, dude. Dude, I know dude. how silly that just sounded. I felt it come out of my mouth. But like, yeah, we passed no, 200 you, yeah. inch deer. We were wanting, like, our mindset then was like, dude, let's grow deer. And it wasn't the wrong mindset to have. Because no, so. we were finding deer year after year, and they were coming back bigger. And it's like, all right, one more year, he'll probably be a shooter. And then it all kind of came to a head. Yeah. yeah. Well, I pray that that comes back. I do. That those type of years come back, and you guys are going to tell me in 15 years, dude, <laughs> yeah, like, That'd oh, buck, we passed, like, we're stupid, you know, like, yeah. I hope so. Yeah, no, we definitely passed a lot of deer that I would not, like, I, yeah. There'd be bullets oh down there. This year, oh, you would have just done. So happy. <laughs> like, no brainer. No yeah. brainers. Just yeah. lay down. And, and that's not gloating. That's just, like, where we were, man. Like, we just, yeah, we, we decided a... in our minds, like, we've worked really hard for this. And there are bucks here that if they were given age, and Wyoming's proven it, I mean, mm -hmm. you give a deer age, like, holy cow. And, like. We had finally figured that out, like what that deer looked like. Yep. Like, right. Like, so like we'd look at, I showed you a picture of a deer that was like 190. Um, he went 215. Mm -hmm. And so that was our goal. Um, so 2017 was rough for us. Um, I killed a deer with my bow. You didn't tag out that year, correct? Uh, is that the year we went cross state? No. Nope. Nope. That was a year it snowed really bad on the opener. Nope, you didn't tag out that year. No, I killed the wrong deer. I know what I did. 
Oh, that's right. Yep. Yeah. You did. I was chasing a, I was, I was targeting a giant 90, 190 inline buck and uh, missed him. Next morning, a deer stepped out and I, I didn't even. So then 2018, I killed Big Al. Yep. It turns out in 2017, I accidentally passed him. Well, it was yeah, scouting he showed me season. The, so just a little context. He showed me the, yeah, like I got to see some videos of that. And I'm thinking, that's yeah. good, man. <laughs> so I, I was with somebody I didn't know when I seen him. We were scouting and I was just like. And that's a cool story too. I, I didn't spend a ton of time looking at the deer. Yeah. I knew he's a big deer. But again, we were passing pretty good deer at yeah. that time. I was like, he's not 220. Like, let's move. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't want this guy to just be like, go and blow up my deer spot. Mm-hmm. And He's one of my best friends now. Yeah, it's a pretty cool story. Yeah, really is. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're great friends. Story's yeah. great friends with him. He's he's in our crew. Um, but anyways, it turned out he went two ten that year, and I I didn't even hunt him. Uh, to your, I mean, on your behalf, he was far away, scrub pine, didn't see the cheaters. Yeah. It's okay. Learned a great lesson. Like you, man, you like you see something, you're not sure where it is. You get in and you find out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was um, a big takeaway. So it turns out that deer was the one I killed in 2018. And that was kind of when things changed for us. Um, 2019, like, you know, we just, social media started kind of getting pretty big. Mm -hmm. We started finding all these deer that we passed and we're trying to grow. Dead on Instagram. Dead on Instagram. (laughs) Outfitter pages. Yeah. Like, man, this is like, where are all these people coming from? It's when we realized it wasn't sustainable. Yeah. So we changed from... Just like Story was saying, like if somebody found it, scouted it, it's his buck. Instead, we said, you know what? And, and mainly where this, for me, mainly where this came from was like Story saw Big Al more than I did. He worked, like I'd go to work on this weekend and mm-hmm. he was up there scouting him. Like the dude put in a lot of sweat for me, like just and he always has like just a, he's the hardest work. Like this is why we're, we're partners. Yeah. Like he's the hardest working dude. Like this is who I'm going to tie my chariot to. Right. Like, yep. Um, sometimes literally, but, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I just like, I wanted nothing more than to get him a, a, a great deer. Like I'm never going to say someone deserves a deer mm-hmm. because just because you think you're good or whatever, like you're, you can't be good and have what you want and get what you want. Like, yes. You have to give not everything you have, but more than what you even knew you had to have mm-hmm. what you want. And that's the mindset we have. And I, you know, I'm just like story. I want you to get that. So that's where we dove into. We're like, Hey, how about this? One year I'll, it'll be, I'm up to bat. Mm-hmm. No matter who finds the deer, whatever I'm up to bat that year. If I, if I miss or something like that, yeah, sure. You, you can clean up. Yeah. So that's how we run things. Um, he's one year, I'm one year, he's one year, I'm one year. And it has been pretty successful. That's awesome. I'm even years. <laughs> <laughs> Stories the even years. Yeah, Braxton is a little odd. So. Exactly. <laughs> I'm the odd one. So no, back to this video that I put up on Instagram, man. Like this really showcases like a lot of like what we like where we're from, like our passion, man. Mm-hmm. It's it's really, I mean, it sounds really weird, but it's like it's my passion story and mule deer, his passion is being a mule deer. It's like, it's just an amazing team. It's so much fun. And dude, like in this video, you see a lot of who I am. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sitting back maybe almost a mile uh-huh. video and him stalk this deer. Uh-huh. And it is a buck he scouted like just 
everything. It was just perfect. And he sticks the buck and I see the deer run off. And in the video, you see him run down the hill and then the buck stops. And I see like this fountain of blood just come out and I just lose my mind. You knew it was, he got him. You oh, knew dude. It. I was like, Oh, oh, he's going down. Like you just hear me just like all the emotion, like, and honestly, if you were to ask me what my favorite hunt of my entire mm-hmm. life was, it was that. That's awesome. Like watching him achieve his goals. That really is super cool. Like, That's way cool. It is the coolest day I've ever had in the woods. And That's like, awesome. I get so like when I'm, when it's me up, like yeah. I'm, I'm cool. But like when I'm watching something, I don't have the control. Mm-hmm. Oh dude, I'm shaking. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And like for you to watch it real time, like. Dude, so far away, like just watching like, like what he And you had have to no do. control. You're just literally watching. Just like, watching. Sitting back, uh, might as well film this. You have no idea how it's yeah. going to turn out. Yeah. Yeah. Not to his credit. Like he filmed the whole thing, which was like, it's, it's a freaking, it's a diamond for me. Like it is yeah. so important that I have that, that film and he's just sitting back and he's just, um, I don't know what you would say. He would just, uh, he was like interpret, interpreting everything I was doing. Yeah. It's like in the video, he's like, fun. oh, he's, he's, he's crouching. And then he's like, oh crap, he's, he's about to draw. And then what ensued ensued, but yeah. So cool. I don't know. Um, so that was 2020. 20, yeah. Um, and that buck was a, like a great buck. 206. Dude. Yeah. Well, uh, 206. With What's general season? Sorry, this is with a bow. Yeah. General season. So stories Over first, let's put this out there. Story's first big buck was with a bow, general season, over-the-counter, awesome. self-scouted, yeah. self-guided. I mean, everything was Almost pure typical. Film. That's awesome. Awesome. Dude, he's one hell of a buck. Yeah. It was cool. It was really cool. Um, yeah, he had some history with that deer, too. So unknown history. Like, he had some video of him from a long ways away. Uh, kind of like... Braxton's big owl story. I had video of him from 2019 and it was long, like I was a long ways away, Mirage. And I never went like I went really I never went back and looked at him, but in 2019 when I walked away from him, he was he was all of 195. And yeah, I no, it's oh. <laughs> what you guys are doing, it's next level. It's pretty cool. So 2021. 19. Um, I'm trying to think. That's that my- was the deer I killed. Um, story scouted this deer. Again, so this is a, you know, I was up to bat that year. I'd never seen the buck story. I'd seen him three years in a row mm-hmm. watching this deer grow. Mm-hmm. And luckily uh, we took him at a good time. Um, I arrowed that buck, didn't find him for nine days. Yeah. And that's quite a story, man. Like, oh, can man. you do, do, I think this kind of story and like, um, there, there, there's been some other ones and good hunters recently. I'm not going to mention his name, but I'm going to, I try to get him on, but dude, like, like that perseverance and having it all, like making, like getting that buck, like finally, yeah. even though stuff does happen, man, I don't care who you are. It happens. Yeah, man. I've been there. I mean, we've all been there before <clears throat> where you've wounded something or whatever, and you just don't have sick. the answers. It makes you, yeah, it makes you sick. But for me, it really was this relationship between me and Story, yeah. our team hunting effort, that I just dug my heels in and was like, everything went perfect. Like, this is going to be my season, mm-hmm. and that's fine. And so I, you know, um, Story had to work or something. <clears throat> I went back, and I'm like, I'm going to find this deer dead, mm-hmm. alive, 
we're all just hang out on this mountain the rest of the year. Yeah. And, you know, it turned out he died in, and I mean in, an outfitter's camp. Wow. And I ran into the outfitter on day nine. Um, Really cool guy. You know, how far did he, so, so give this story. So you shot him with your bow sure. and how far, like, give me that rundown of like kind of how it went when you guys, after you, after the shot. So yeah. start there. So go ahead story. I'll just say, make sure you like mention like the scouting season. Yeah. Cause I think that's important. Ahead. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. Well, anyways, what I'm talking about is like, I, that was when I went on a, I went on a fire roll to North Carolina for two weeks, first two weeks of August, oh. which left you solo, which you don't work well by yourself. Um, respectfully. Respectfully. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, <laughs> no, it's true. And so, but within those two weeks, you went weekend, back to back weekends, couldn't, could not turn up a deer. Like a, one of the ones that we had left mm-hmm. or a new one that meets the mark we want, you know? Oh, I worked so hard yeah like i just remember just like dude he needs to get back here because i'm striking (laughs) so yeah i I was on a fire roll for like 20 some days i came back um made things right with my wife and then i was like hey i got like i gotta go i gotta go and she's freaking phenomenal and let me go yeah that's a hard deal like doing off 27 days yeah you come home and you're like okay i gotta make family time and yeah you know still dude it's a that's a yeah that's it's Uh, it's so hard to balance but it i mean Thankfully, we got strong women. That's the only way it works. But, but for sure. Amen. So uh, I get back anyways, and it's like it just ended up landing where I was like, I think it was like a Saturday. I was free. So we usually we like to go in like Thursday night, hit it hard Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. come out Sunday. We That's like our kind of our bread and butter in terms of time in the field. Mm-hmm. Like for your scouting seasons yeah. to go up, crush it for a few days, make the most out of those yeah. days. Yeah, and we then... found that like the, the seven-day trips are just – too, not. too brutal dude yeah. i think that's a good tip man and i couldn't agree more because i'll tell you what seven days in the back country yeah, dude, dude, i don't care who you are it wears on a guy dude, three you're days, just not you can give it all your focus yes. all your energy yep. your body still feels good yes mostly like you get past that three day mark it's like let's go home and regroup yeah you're definitely i this is what i've found Cause I'm definitely not quite as focused. I think when I'm even, you know, even if I got something or I've, I, you know, it's just, you start to slip a little bit and I feel like when you start to slip, you're, yeah. But, yeah. You're taking yeah. a nap on the hill No, that's side. a great point. I just wanted to highlight. Yeah, yeah. I agree. But, uh, yeah. So anyways, like, uh, so it was going to be a super short bonsai style trip. It was like, okay, let's go up Saturday, do what we can Saturday night and Sunday morning. And mm-hmm. like, then it's time to go hunting. Like yep. we're out of time. And so in order to increase our efforts, we're like, okay, I'm going to go here. You go here. And so he's like, this dude's a freaking goat. So he's going to take the long route. I'm going to take the easy route. And he goes freaking all the way around, completely different mountain range. I mean, we're probably three or four miles away from each other. And I go back to our normal spot where he's already been two weekends Mm -hmm. in a row. Yeah. And sure enough, like first morning, get up and I start glassing and boom, there he was. I'm like, I'm like, what's he talking about? He's right here, dude. I'm not that good. <laughs> dude, it happens so much, though. Like, I think you, you guys can take a lot out of what you guys are saying right here. Like, it's, yeah. I could dude, not agree more. Persistence, man. Persistence is what kills the buck. Yeah. And so, like, the persistence in scouting is what turned him up. And then, lo and behold, like, later down the road, like, he can take tell his story. But persistence is what got him his buck. 
And what yeah. time of year was that? You got so you got back off that fire roll in August. Yeah, that was the last weekend of last August. Weekend. So last you weekend guys, of August, we opening found him. days next week. Like yep. we got him. We, we know where I we're was going. sweating bullets because I felt like <laughs> I was like, man, it's my job. I'm up this year. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, oh, dude, I scouted so much solo, which I, I don't. I'm okay by myself. That's mm. how I used to hunt, but I know I'm more effective with somebody else. And I know you're, cool. you're probably different. And I'm completely opposite, yeah. man. I'd like to do my own thing and just, yeah. Yep. So it's, Dude, yeah. I'm effective with with a guy that I, I know is just as effective. But I will say like a good, so somebody that you're around that builds the morale. That's the difference. And like, dude, especially if you guys can like the positivity, because I don't care who you are after a while, like you will start to get down. Maybe it's day five, maybe it's day six, you know what I mean? And somebody gets down and like having that partner that's like a, positive person dude it's pretty uplifting i think yeah like, you know what i mean no you definitely like if you want to do like what story and i have been doing like you got to find the right guy mm -hmm. like you can't be with somebody that's like that's my dear yeah like you got to have a guy that thinks just like you mm -hmm. um on some things at least yeah. but like you're right like it is nice like i'll have a down day and story's like i don't know what's wrong with you like yeah. let's get after <laughs> yeah. it bud like <laughs> Today's not the day to sleep or relax. Like it. we got stuff to do. Push each other. Yeah, yeah. You push each other. So, anyways, really rough scouting season. I don't know if I've had one that bad actually. Story shows up, finds a buck. I get a Garmin inReach message from him that's like, "Found him. You're up." Like, <laughs> so there's cool. no questions asked. I'm like, oh. And he's like three miles away, mind you. <laughs> yeah. So, what are you seeing over there? Anything? Nothing. I ran into some dude that came up the other way in the hammock with like blue jeans and I don't know, a spike maybe. Like it was bad. Yeah. Dude, I, it was just typical for the, the yeah. summer I was having. Yeah. Like, my and it is funny how that can happen too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I took my wife out one weekend. She got this huge allergic reaction. Like, oh, it was bad. <laughs> it was just a summer, well, man. Yeah. So I always say, and he hates that I say this, but like, story gave me this deer. Like, he's just like, here you go. Let's go get him. Yeah. Um, and I know that's not the real story, but I, that's what I like to say. So September. Uh, well, I, I messaged you like this. I'm like, I don't know, a tad bit for me. is like, we were separated. We had a really, really good plan of like our exit plan. I was going to go out this way. He's going to go out this way. I'm going to pick him up. When I sent him that message, I'm, I'm like, dude, he's right here. Come get him. Dude, he completely. This is on our pack out day. Like, yeah, we're we're leaving today. Yeah, going. He completely went all the way back around, came over. I mean, it took him a few, like several hours, or not several hours, but like it definitely took him a few hours to get to me, just so he could see him and see that he was real, and then we left. <laughs> That's right. That. Huh? Yeah, dude, you are a mountain goat. You're I one of the only guys that. I yeah. know <laughs> that could freaking keep up with freaking my mules, like mules. all day long. No, he problem. had me sweating in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude that was a poll we went on so yeah. it was pretty impressive travis and i went on a little walk. scout trip this summer and turns out he needs one more mule yeah i didn't know <laughs> i was shorthanded one so yeah i had uh yeah another guy yeah so pretty funny but no i just thought it was funny because he's like i'm coming and i'm like wait what <laughs> and he came and we looked at him and then we took the freaking long way out too yeah just for like three days off to come back yeah, we went home for a couple days, two or three days. We came back the day before archery opener. We didn't get eyes on the buck mm -hmm. um, the day before. So I'm still which, like, okay. Well. Which is like a tip of ours, I guess, is like, that's something we try to do every, I mean, I'm sure you do too. Yep. Like you want eyes on your buck, but the day every before, chance. the night before, it's like so that is the keystone almost. It's so important, man. And can you guys talk about 
this is another thing that I see, and this is just, and I, it's a little bit limited experience. Obviously, I'm not a resident of Wyoming, but I will say, dude, archery hunting Wyoming is a whole different world than September 15th, like the rifle opener. Mm -hmm. Dude, and I think you like the fact that you guys will make sure you take advantage of that season. Well, oh, can, we are not missing a September 1st. I see, and I love it. Like, can you tell me about, like, what you guys are, like, seeing for – because all I hear is that everything's overrun. There's way too many people everywhere. What do you, what do you guys – like, what's your opinion on that? I think there's more bow hunters now than there ever was. Mm -hmm. But – there's way more rifle hunters than there's anything else. Oh yeah, <laughs> you get you get like September fifteenth. It's, it's like you might have been watching. Uh, we've been here yes. a lot. You might have been watching a deer, know everything about him, count the hairs on his belly all yeah. summer long. September fifteenth shows up. September thirteenth. Yeah, <laughs> they start packing in. Dude, here the, comes camps, dude, rented the, horses and llamas. Thirteen and... <laughs> horses in a line on the skyline. Yeah. Your bucks in the bottom of the basin, hiding under a tree, looking <laughs> up at him. And then they go over the ridge and your buck's gone. Yeah. Yep. Like, yeah, there's a million things that can happen on a rifle. And like, that's not your deer on opening morning, dude. It's whoever pulls the trigger that's first. Right. It's a war zone. For sure. And I hate it. Yeah. In fact, I've said it like multiple times, my favorite week to hunt, like if I'm, if I'm hunting Wyoming, my favorite week to hunt is the last week. The last mm -hmm. I think everything goes back to normal. And sure. dude, it's crazy. Like everybody, especially when it used to run into like October 7th, 9th, October 1st opener starts opening up all these other units. And like, I'm sitting out here and like, dude, I don't even see, I'm like, is the hunt still going? Like, I don't see anybody. Yeah. I hear everybody complain about all the people. I agree on September 15th. It's wild. And you guys, you Wyoming guys, I got to give you credit, dude get after it like everybody's got horses every or stock like they're getting back like nice elaborate camps way back in there like it's crazy and it's impressive but man it's funny with it's that. people's vacation yeah yeah it's what they it's yeah. ours it's what it's what they do like, yes they're like yeah they're gonna give it all they got for sure and to september fit like like you said like if you can wait later i think mm -hmm. it's awesome with a rifle in your hand just mm -hmm. wait yeah but if you have that special buck, like you, yes, need, you, you gotta need be there to be sure. there opening day. Yep. But you may never see that deer I've killed until bucks on the opening day. October like 5th. if I had him killed, you know, ten minutes after light, like but legal shooting light, and it was all because I was there two days before, had it all lined out. Yeah, buck was super smart, living in a place where he wasn't getting bothered, and even though there was pack string after pack string going by him, he freaking lived. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's cool. I think a lot of residents, like, I shouldn't say a lot, but I think a lot of res. I do think a lot of residents miss the boat. Like, you guys are really, like, you're putting everything right from the minute you guys can start hunting, you're taking advantage of everything. Yeah. Well, and there is a method to our madness. Like, you can't just run out there with a bow. Like, you're going to yeah, screw it up. That's right. And we've screwed up plenty too, but, like, honestly, man, like, this is going to sound really cocky, but like if I have a target buck mm -hmm. in, if I can see it and I have a bow in my hands, there's no reason it shouldn't be dead. Like I have the mindset story does too. Like we switch out of scout mode and we we're in kill mode. We're not in hunt mode. We're like, we're going into our killing mode. Well, it works for you. I guarantee And you. like, if I can see the deer, I can kill the deer. Like, why not? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't need the perfect situation. Although that'd be great. And 
You definitely shouldn't just rush in. There. And do you mean he's bedded in the open? Is that what you're meaning? Or <laughs> as do you far mean, as a perfect situation. Yeah, no, like w- when you say if I can see the deer, do you mean just like you might catch a glimpse of him, he's headed into some trees, you're still going in, or what's your opinion? Or do you got to see him better Not before too often you... am I going in when I watched a deer walk into the thick timber and okay. I, have, I don't see him anymore. And that's my... But if I have eyes on him, mm-hmm. like he's feeding and my eyes are on him, mm-hmm. I'm going to kill him. If he's bedded, my eyes are on him, I'm going to kill him. Mm-hmm. Like... He doesn't have to be bedded under the perfect rock. Yeah. He, you know, I think a lot of bow hunters think that they have to have this perfect setup and they'll wait all bow season for that day to happen. Mm-hmm. And there's a million tactics. I think Robbie talks about it a lot. Like you don't have to just stalk in on his bed. As a matter yes. of fact, I prefer not to. Yeah. See, and that's not mm-hmm. the normal bow hunter advice. It's no. the most, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I would. This story we're telling about, I did stalk in on his bed, and it was it was crazy. But you also like didn't go in blindly. We he went into that timber and like, yeah, I mean, we were story. picking through like two inch windows, watching him work through this timber. And f- by the grace of God, like he bedded in a window that we actually could see him, and that's the only reason you went. And in. there was like thirty minutes or twenty minute sections where we're like, like we're both in the spot scope looking through this mm-hmm. thick timber, eyes like, bleeding. Dude, do you see any movement? Nope. For 20 minutes. And it's like, oh, there's this, what was it? Spike or two point yeah. with him. Oh, there's that one. Oh, okay. There's his antler. I see him again. He's over here by this tree through this gap. And we got four inches of the deer. And we did that. Here's the other deal. Like when I say like, if I can see the deer, I can kill him with my bow. I'm not just running in there. Like, yeah. What time did I shoot that deer? I was late. Four. Yeah. Story killed his big buck, 4.30. And we watched the deer all day. So we did wait for the right time. I wouldn't say it was like a perfect opportunity, slam dunk, but it was like we weren't jumping in there and ruining it either. Dude, that is freaking awesome. I hope guys listen to that because I think that's really good advice, dude. And the time, dude, I mean, you hear, I mean, that time of day, like to go through and wait all day, like, it's pretty impressive, man. Yeah. It really is. Every every deer we've killed with our bows, between me and Story, mm-hmm. has been deep into the afternoon. We found them early in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it was deep into the afternoon when he killed them. At least, yeah. Well, that's quite a tip, man. Three of those four were on their feet moving, not bedded. Yeah. And, and I think guys that are killing the top, Again, the top 1% of deer with a bow in a general season, public land. Like, that's really good advice, man. Yeah. No, like this this buck in particular, we found him at 845, I think. Yeah, we found morning. him late because we were like, well, he's not here. And it's then fairly he, like, late in the morning. showed up. He was in the wide open, like, wow. He was How probably bedded there the whole yeah, time. Yeah, probably. So, yeah. yeah. In a full. Um, he went to his first bed, which was a pretty good, like one of those archery spots. And uh-huh. I was like, dude, I kill that deer. Uh-huh. But as I head down there, Story's like, come back, come back. I'm like, all right, I'll get you back up there. He's like, bro. Dude, you what? didn't even like make it 80 yards. <laughs> yeah. Like our thermals aren't right. Like he's going to bed again. We know these things. Mm-hmm. Son's going to get on him. Yeah, dude. He's like gonna, learn yeah. deer behavior. Mm-hmm. Like. I don't, I have so many people like will ask me like, Braxton, you know, here's what happened this year. I went after this buck 
And I just, I've stalked in on him four times and I just can't get it done. I'm like, what time? What time of day was that? Did you come from below him or above? Like, still be smart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thermals, wind. But my point being like, every deer we kill with our bow, we've had visuals on him, we've made the right decisions, and none of them have been perfect. We just- Let's talk about how like aggressive those decisions sometimes have to be. Oh, yeah. Like when Story killed his deer, I was like yelling at him like, what are you doing, dude? Get up there and go kill him. Like I was in his face and he's finally just like, all right, yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, like there's times you got to be aggressive. No, I like it. Go dude. get it. Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. I think something else like what you were asking earlier, like how we take advantage of this, of the bow season. It's like, man, like you talk to any deer hunter and like they, they're going to tell you like, yeah, I want a big deer. Mm-hmm. We all do. But like, if you want a big deer, like you got to take every opportunity you can. And like bow hunting is like, as a resident, like, yeah, I don't think a lot of people more doing it now, but there's still not like those people that still yearn for that big buck. Yep. Like to me, I, I don't know. Our, our brains are wired differently. You know, like we all have a crazy deer grinded gears in our brain, but like, I want a big buck so bad that I'm going to do everything I can. And that's like, that's going up there in both season yeah. and like doing it. A lot of people don't, they, they want to sit and wait for rifle. And then like we had already mentioned, like at that point, it's anybody's buck where it steps out. So see, and I think that's like a million dollar tip, like right there, because dude, it is so easy to sit back, know about a deer, say you spine him in August and you're looking at this, maybe you're looking at the situation. You're like, well, I could screw it up with my bow or I could wait till so rifle season. Say exactly what you're talking about. Dude. And that's honestly like, it's, it's damn tough, man. Like, and I find myself, I know in Idaho, same thing. And I mean, high country versus some of the mid range country, like stockable country. It, it, I think there is some differences as far as like what can be done with a bow. In my opinion, like in the sagebrush step stuff it's just it's different things are different yeah but to take advantage of that and dude like i'm usually like when i get a wyoming tag i'll be honest i usually crush scouting and then i'm picking the best buck and i usually have a tag whether it's utah and idaho usually i always have those tags and so i'm going to pick the best buck and go after them and a lot of times i'm not taking advantage of the wyoming season maybe because i got a better better buck over there or in another state or whatever. But dude, what's crazy is I think back about it and I'm always, I'm damn sure always there for the, um, I'm always there for the rifle open when I have a tag. It's just interesting how that works. And you guys, like, I think it's easy to sit back, be really cautious. Oh, rifle season opens in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Dude, I've said it. Some of my best bucks, like I really think the best way to kill deer is with with velvet on their head and with a bow in your hands. Yeah. Like yeah. I like it's just when you see them, when you get on them, I don't know what happens. There's that window in my opinion that like when velvet comes off, I swear. And I know they're not a different animal, but they do almost act different. And I think it's more to do with like the coat changes colors. I think they start getting they, winter hair. They use that mountain. Yes. Or whatever. Yep. So yeah. They use whatever. their landscape differently completely different yeah they're what you've scouted banging their heads into the tree i think there's something to do with velvet and banging their heads in like their velvet in thick stuff dude i know there's something that happens i've just seen 
too many times when as soon as they rub their velvet, it's like, dude, and I've said it for years, the hardest time to kill a big buck is October. Like that early October, it's rough. Dude, isn't it so funny that an animal that we know so much about, like we don't know much about? Yeah. And like, no, it's we're true. all just like, we're like guessing. I'm just sitting here giddy about it. Like I love it. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just same. like not knowing what my next play should be because I don't know. Like yes. where did like where did he go? <laughs> what did he do? Yeah. Like that just fuels me, man. But no, it's just great advice about like, dude, you might wait till September 15th and you might never see that deer again. I've seen that happen too. Yeah. You know, like a bunch of people come in there, dude, all of a sudden, maybe that makes that deer migrate early. Maybe it freaking, he bumps down into somewhere you aren't familiar with, but dude, a lot of deer get lost waiting a lot. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think something to like, that needs to be mentioned too, is like when we're talking about like opportunity, like you want to kill a big buck, you have to take every opportunity you can. Mm -hmm. Second though, like during archery season, like what we're talking about right now, like basically what we're mentioning right now is like, they're more patternable. Like the way they are using the mountain is very patternable. And then you're mentioning like once that velvet comes off and they're banging their heads in the trees, like things changed yes. and something like, I don't, I don't know, maybe I've heard people talk about it, but like, I don't think a lot of people talk about it. It's like in that transition from velvet to hardhorn is like their diet is changing. They're changing yeah, from, um, yeah, they're changing from a very flowery, uh, forb based diet to a woody species diet so like that's why like in those big wide open basins you like you see less of them or you don't see them there at all and yes. then they're on the fringes of of the timberline because like their diet is also transitioning dude, so what was it two so years we got ago the biologist on here that's a good point dude, oh dude because, i love hunting with him because like that's exactly right man that's exactly i think it's easy to just 100%. say oh something changed with the deer but deer hunters do that and we don't look at the ground and like what's happened. Mm -hmm. And man, like the frost, like early frost or first frost, a lot of times Dude. happens about that time. Plants will be alive for a few days after frost where they're still providing nutrition. Dude, once it switches over, the Dude, so mold. Two, two years ago, yeah. Dude, you happened to be there the like hour that, like I swear, it was like a few hour period mm -hmm. where this happened. We had a really bad rainstorm. I think it was the next day, maybe two days later, mm -hmm. after the rainstorm, we had a frost, and we walked through this meadow, and we looked at each other, like, what is that smell? Dude, all of the, what'd you call Forbes. it, flower forbs yeah. that we've been watching deer eat all year were molded and stunk. Like, I'm sure you've smelt it before, yes. too. Yeah. Yes. I mean, when those corn, them, I mean, we call them the cornflake bushes, whatever they're like, the crunchy ones. Like once they start like molding, your department. <laughs> oh man, they they reek. Oh yeah, so that was a really like eye opener. Like, like we knew it had happened, right? Yeah. But just to see it and smell it and be like, well, duh, of course they're not in this spot anymore. Like, but I'll bet you yeah. nine out of ten deer hunters too, they always blame the it was something else they never looking at moon ground, cycle like or whatever taking, the heck yeah. it was yeah. again like back to like what i had mentioned earlier about like carrying capacity like everything should be habitat driven yeah it's like that's yeah they leave that drop down, down the mountain to exactly something another habitat and most of the, most hunters say well this is what this is a great example so i hunt the high i i don't as much but i used to hunt the high country in like idaho even some of the higher stuff in utah shoot what's funny there's no hunts like going on then like there's no rifle season where everybody's out there it's like third week of whatever like dude but i'd see the same thing the deer would freaking all of a sudden about 
middle of September, go hardhorn, all of a sudden frost, and they drop in elevation and go down into the thicker stuff. <laughs> and like when I started thinking about like just things I was seeing on the landscape, and I used to be really good about writing in a journal, like I'd just see like, and then I'd think, oh, that's also the time we also get like a snowstorm, like mm -hmm. usually for September always man like I, I just think like september 13th that, 14th yeah dude yeah. it's funny how that works isn't it mm -hmm. like that and so i used to be like oh no they're coming down out of the snow and then they're just staying down there but who knows like i mean but i truthfully believe like you said it's habitat driven i really think if we yeah. understood whatever plant species froze and lost its nutritional value which happens and all of a sudden deer are engaging in a new species that dude here's a classic example elderberries most yep. people don't realize this but an elderberry bush you don't see them everywhere but they are i mean they're around dude they are unedible to a deer in fact it will kill a deer if it eats them before a frost as soon as the frost happens and i think it, i can't remember the what uh what's they're compromised of but as soon as it freezes it's sucked back it's like a shit dude it's it's poison i can't remember what it is but it sucks back into the root system dude as soon as it freezes dude those deer like they are going nuts in fact if you pay attention an elderberry bush that there's deer around you will never see an elderberry within where a deer can reach it's the it's the craziest thing and it's just like so uh, that plant all of a sudden turns on when a frost and maybe that four of you were talking about up in the high country that turn moldy turn them on like there's just so many things yeah. going on it, it's just really cool super stuff. interesting yeah that's cool i learned something yeah see glad to be here <laughs> <laughs> no i hope everybody's enjoying it like yeah. i feel like this is like stuff that not like i don't hear these conversations no that often. and that's what that's really so. like my whole deal with the podcast wanting to talk to guys that are just freaking getting it done because dude there's usually something they're picking up on or they're doing something that's not ordinary or it's sure. out of the you know it's yep. just out of the normal. just a bunch of nerds yeah <laughs> <laughs> nerds. so sorry sorry to no, make this story good. like no it's super long-winded it's cool where are we at 2020 um no 2021 because that's yeah. 19 yeah. so anyways we watch this deer all day we get him picked out he bedded trying to remember so you had Got it in the first bed, bed. First bad bed. story pulls you back. Story pulls me back, which was, you know, this is another reason I love team hunting. Like he yeah. knows, That's like scary. I knew that, but I was just so confident. Like I knew I shouldn't have went in there and he's just like, bro, come back. Yeah. And he's right. Cause there is a fine line of, I think balancing aggression versus don't do something stupid yeah too. and yeah, like, it's hard like we've yeah. all read the books we've all listened to the podcast we've all but man experience that's the best yep that's the only way like it's the best teacher yeah yeah and, and absorb all you can but like you just have to go in and make mistakes and i've yeah. made the mistakes yeah. um the buck bedded one more time a bear walked by he stood up and then we watched him feed a little bit. He bedded again, but we knew there was sun on him still. And so you knew he was getting. We knew he was going to move again. Yeah. Dude, like ten o'clock and two o'clock. I guarantee you, to your deer on their feet, like they're getting sun's hitting them. They're moving. Sun's yeah, they got to switch sides somewhere. So we waited till that two o'clock bed. Like we knew, like okay, he's going to be there till two. Then what? 
And if, sure, if you have the time, you think your thermals are right, I like to wait till afternoon till those thermals are 100% coming uphill. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you might be able to get them in as, you know, noon to two o'clock bed or whatever it or is. Or in a transition, but. But for us, we were like, let's, we know for a fact, two o'clock, that sun's going to hit him. He's going to move again. And then he's going to be in that bed after his two. So he'll, two o'clock, he'll get on his feet, take a leak, feed. He'll probably move. Sometimes they don't move far, but he'll probably feed for a while, maybe move to the next group of trees. Mm-hmm. He'll be there until that, you know, famous evening hunt that everybody loves to hop in the truck, leave camp and go hunt yeah. for. And that's yeah. going to be right before dark. Yeah. So that's my favorite, right? Because you got basically from 2.30 till... In what? the summer. I mean, yeah, yeah you're talking yeah. 7.38. Yeah. yeah. So he did that. We watched him. We lost him, lost him, lost him. He moved... He moved a ways. A ways, it felt like. Probably 30, 40 yards. Probably. On the, on the, <laughs> That's a dude, this timber, like I'm telling you, yeah. I might have. How far are you guys from the deer? Oh, 700. So, uh, yeah. Maybe more. Gotcha. Maybe more. This one. Yeah. Just at a good lookout. Yeah. Just seeing everything we can. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm telling you, and I've said this before, like if I showed you a picture of the hillside, you'd think I'm crazy for going in there after a deer was above. But. <clears throat> There was a way, and so he finally bedded, and my thought was, if I can get into bow range, I don't need to be on his bed in bow range. I'd prefer not to be, because mm-hmm. um, they're so alert when they're bedded. It's ridiculous. But if I can get into range, he will eventually stand, step out, feed, he's done. Ambush him. Okay. I get into range. Um, You're like 40? Long story short, I get to 41 yards. Of him in his bed. Of him in his Which bed. Which is still too close. It, it felt way too close. Yeah, I remember you telling me this story, yeah. Yep. And, but that's all I had. Mm-hmm. And was like, okay, well, here we go. From my perspective, like, I seen him go into this, like, dude, this stuff was so thick. Like, he's <laughs> he's a grown, grown man, and, like, yeah. I can't find him. Yeah. And I know he's there. Um, And I'm watching this buck, and I'm watching him. I kid you not, it, I bet you it was a four by five inch window and all i could see was like a flicker i could see the outline of his ear and part of his like the curvature of his spine in his bed and uh yeah so i didn't know how close he was yeah all i know is like my job he's in there like my job he's he's doing his job and he's he's already done it because he went in there and i was watching the freaking i'm looking at the microphone like it's a spotter but uh (laughs) i'm looking at this deer like my life depends on it because like i know he's in there and then like five minutes go by, 10 minutes And that's minutes a lot of work too, man, Dude. being the spotter. Like, oh, my yeah. goodness. 20 it's minutes awesome. go by. Well, I, it's hard because I feel like, like if I'm doing it, like I can't let this buck get away. Yeah. Like, like, and if I don't you do, I'm going to yell at you forever, say, dude. Where'd he go? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like that would be the worst. 100 so intense. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm doing my job and like, yeah. dude, like 20 minutes go by, 30 minutes go by. And I'm like, okay, hey, he's in there. So like, I figured he was set by the amount of time that went by and that mm-hmm. buck didn't move. So then I just like, dude, I glued my eye to that spotter and it sucked. Yeah. How long was it? Is it I feel like it was, it was a, over an hour. Yeah. Right? You were like, I think you were pushing like an hour and 20. So I got arrow knocked and I can see. Um, the buck's body, mm-hmm. his head, his antlers, everything's behind this giant tree. Like mm-hmm. picture perfect, right? Like, right. His so ears, you can his only eyes. see vitals, like whole body. You can see his whole body, but his head, his head, is... neck, antlers, everything's behind a tree, like as big as this desk. Yeah. Like 
biggest tree in the forest. It was cool. That's Which cool. I mean, it sounds like a negative thing to like some people that might sound bad because you can't fully see him. But like, what what's you that knew doing? It was him. Dude, his eyes can't see me moving. Exactly. His ears, the trees blocking. Exactly. Some. Anyways, long story short, he stands. I draw. And when he stands up, still his head, everything's behind the tree. So like still picture perfect. I've sat there for an hour ranging my target. I know what's up. I let the arrow go. And I have an Illuminoc. And boom, it hits a tree. And I see the Illuminoc shake. And the deer blows out. And I'm <sighs> rustling my pockets. I pull my radio out. Story, I missed him. That's I don't know what I did. Like, Still I was just rocked. Yeah. Story, I missed him. So... No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Here you go. I just saw lots of blood, lots of blood. And I'm like, what? Walk up to my arrow. It's stuck in the tree. It was a pass through. There's fat, grease, and meat on it. And every bow hunter knows, like, that's not good. Yeah. It didn't smell that good either, right? <sighs> no. There's no guts. Right, but I know but it didn't have the right smell. It wasn't it wasn't blood. It wasn't the so good stuff. So your perspective, you get up there. My perspective. Everything's perfect. You shoot and you honestly you thought I, I thought I went over him. And you thought Dude, so. I knew for a fact. I even told you on the radio, right? I was like I shot over his back. Yeah. And you are looking so the deer come out of the timber. So like back up Story's like, video a, in it. His little like, five inch square through the timber. Yeah, like back up like thirty seconds. So before he this again, this is like a testament to like being out there and knowing deer behavior, their body language. There was this weird and, and I know you both will understand this. There's this weird, like just this weird like flinch in his body when he was bedded. Mm -hmm. And immediately I knew. I was like, he's he's, he's standing up. And I mean, it was the, like the most modest, slightest flinch. It's a rock, usually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 He seen. rocked. Exactly. And his ear flickered, which is all I could really see. And so, like, I knew he was standing up. So I sat back and I just hit boom. I hit record. And then what he had just said unfolded. And I, like, in the video, like, I mean, the video is horrible. But it was enough of a window and... The timing was just right to where I got the shot on video. That's cool. But I did a poor job in this aspect where it happened and then he was gone. I had nowhere where he went. And you and you're in thick timber, so yeah. You and I'm like you're 800 yards away. And like to follow a deer running off through thick yeah, timber, yeah, it it's not happen. easy. Exactly. So I, once that happened, once I seen him explode out, immediately I just I gave up on the spotter and the and my phone. I immediately went to my binos and I was just scanning big I wanted big view. I start seeing glimpses of him and then he finally I see him and I see the direction he's going, which is downhill. And I look down ahead of him and I see that there's gonna be an opening. So I just stayed glued on that opening. And sure enough, he blew through that opening. And I I did see like I mean I, it was painted Got red. It. Yeah. So, so and it looked dope. good. Yeah. Shot looked good, like it definitely looked like a little bit back uh -huh. to me, but it didn't look terrible. Like I've, I've seen worse. Yeah. <laughs> back, back and high a little bit. Is yeah, what you yeah. said. And and I watch him. He blows through, dude, and goes through this clearing. I see him painted red. Lose him in some next timber. I I look to the next opening, which is actually a ditch. Mm -hmm. Sure enough, he comes through my vinyls field of view into that ditch, and dude, he slams into the other side of the ditch. I mean, I seen him hit the ditch, I seen his back legs come over him, oh, and wow. then he and then he rolled down into the ditch, and then I never saw him again. And so, you're thinking, he's done. Dude, exactly. he was, dude, you're dude, good. Was it was so funny, him. Travis. Like, screaming. 
he is so amped up on the other side of radio. That's like, awesome. dude, he's in the ditch. He's dead. I'm just, and I'm holding my arrow and I'm like, no, he's not. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, dude, there's a lot of blood. Like, and I'm just looking at this arrow and every archery hunter that's ever done this is just like never finding this animal. Like fat and hair and a little bit of meat. And it, was he like perfect broadside? or was Dude, it was perfect. Okay. I'm telling you, it was the most picture perfect. I was just making it, yeah. Yeah. We got to get to this year's buck story too, but like I'll make this a little shorter. No, you're good. <laughs> um, we track, so I turned my Onyx on. We started tracking spots of blood. Um, Man, I think it said four miles. Yeah, we went to the bottom. I mean, we went, we were yeah, so close. I blood trail the whole time. Yeah. And it, step by step, I mean, it took us till dark. By dark, my Onyx said we walked four miles. I'm, I'm right. Here. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I mean, with the zigzagging the and everything he did, like that's so what So we was. get to the bottom where Story saw him crash into the ditch and he just got up and kept going through he the stayed, bottom. He stayed in the ditch out of my sight. Dude, we walked all the way off the mountain, four miles, trailing him. Okay, I'm pissed off. I'm upset. I can't believe, like, we look at Story's video, and he's videoing through this tiny window the size of, you know, a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And you slow it down, you see the buck duck. Like, he, he jumps my he tree. looking at you when he, sh- when he shot? Nope. I don't know what it was, man. Heard that arrow coming, maybe. Maybe. Heard Bow, me draw. The explosion, I don't know. Like, like I said, like, his head was behind the tree, so I don't know. Maybe I drew, and oh, he, yeah, like, so turned and looked at me, and I didn't even know he's looking at me. I have no idea. Caught some movement, something. And Story doesn't either. He's looking through thick tins. So I don't know. But he ducked my arrow. So he dropped his back hips, and the arrow just went high. And um, the next morning, we're like, all right, we'll pick this trail up in the morning. It started raining. It started like raining on our way back to the camp. Biggest lightning storm I've ever been in. Is Trail's gone. Trail's gone. Yeah. So we left. Um, we said, well, let's give him the weekend. Let's go hunt another deer in a completely different area. And I'll come back. That's what we did. I came back. I backed way out of the mountain, like three miles away, mm-hmm. like looking across at like where he ran to. And I camped there. So I had to go to work for a few days. So anyways, it was it was a pro eight eight to nine days. I think the eighth day I went in, looked, didn't find him. The ninth day I'm You're just in there, there looking for birds or Dude, something. Dude, I was hoping birds, like, bears, yeah, something. something. A stroke or, of good luck. Sign. Or honestly, like the way the arrow looked, I was like, maybe he's on his feet. Yeah, that's the other thing I was gonna say is like, man, if you saw him alive and yeah. doing well. I'm hunting, dude. I got I got my freaking bow in my hand. Like yeah. um it was two o'clock and I'm falling asleep in the spot and scope. Mm-hmm. And I hear a horse whinny behind me, and I look behind me, and there's a outfitter and his hunter. They were elk hunting. Mm-hmm. Started talking to them. I'm doing the thing where you're trying to avoid, you know, giving too much information, yeah. whatever. Why are you here? You hunt deer, you hunt elk. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember how, but somewhere in the conversation, the outfitter says, Well, how big of a deer are you looking for? <laughs> well, the biggest one on the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes without like without missing a beat. He's just like, Well, that one's probably already dead. And I was like, Why do you say that? And he's like, Well, we found a big old dead one dead in our camp. What? I was like, What? And so at that point I'm pulling my phone out, like looking uh-huh. at scouting video story had of him. I'm like, Was it this one? Hold my phone up. And he's like, Yep. <laughs> wow. I was like, Are you kidding me? He's like, Yeah, this kid like we were putting in our outfitters camp and um it was dead next to our porta potty. What? And uh, 
I'm they like, smell well, something stinking, and they went to go set up their porta potty and is laying there four feet from it dead. What? I'm not kidding you, dude. That's so crazy, dude. Wild. Yeah. And so you know, long story short, I get to the camp like, I oh, dude, I'm sprinting down to that <clears> camp, <throat> dude, miles away, just running. I get down there, and the kid that found or the guy that found the deer didn't had, you didn't you tell me at one time that the outfitter told you. Good luck, yeah, pretty much. The kid was sick. Yeah, he was sick or he was something. Sick. So I was like, well, he's like the guy that found it. I was he like, was worried. I was like, am I going to get my deer? And he's yeah. like, I don't know. You have to talk to that guy. And I'm like, well, where is he? He's like, well, he's at camp sick. He might be going into town to go to the hospital. <laughs> and he planned on taking that deer in to get a tag for it uh-huh. to the game warden. And that's why I sprint. <laughs> so I'm running to this out. I mean, dude, I'm miles <laughs> running. That's awesome. I get down there. He's still there. He's laying in his in his uh, outfitter's tent, just sweating. He's got sick. a fever, Freaking sick flu or something. Huh? Yeah. And I'm like, I open up his tent. I'm like, dude, you found my deer. <laughs> and he like looks back at me and he's like, what? I was like, I shot that buck. You found him. Do you still have him? He's like, yeah. And he was just elated, dude. Like the coolest guy. He's just like, I can't believe you're still out here looking for him. That's, That's so really cool. cool. Let's go get you your buck, man. Like, let me put my boots on and I'll take you right to him. And he's just a cool. Is a coolest. Feeling That's ever. really cool, man. It was and awesome. to get that deer. Like, that's. Super. Cool. I remember calling you because you were having a rough season that year yeah. too, man. I remember calling you on the way home, being like, "I got him." And what year like, was that? What do you mean you got him? I'm like, I I found twenty one. Yeah, twenty one. Yep. Yeah, twenty one. So we call this deer nineteen because. Something's really cool about him is like I found him in in 2019, and he was just like he had that look, that he young buck. He was gonna be something. Yeah, and checked in on him on 2020, and again he he got bigger, but he still had the look, and he had the young look to him. And I w- ended up finding that other big buck, and we went a completely different yeah. area and killed that buck. And then 21 when we found him, and he like he, we finally experienced the blow up. That's awesome. And what cool. and what just tell the listeners. Like what was he? How how big did he blow up to? One ninety four. One ninety four. That's freaking. He's cool. an old deer though. Like yeah. that was. Oh, dude, we oh, took dude, him on the year. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. But in nineteen, he was probably like one sixty, and then in twenty twenty, he was probably like only like maybe one seventy five. So like that one seventy five to one ninety five was like the blow up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. When you guys don't throw out outfitter numbers from Utah, you guys throw out actual <laughs> real like numbers yeah. Buck. yeah and those are dude. gross numbers of dude. course oh dude dude Sir, big deer legit i've seen him yeah <laughs> with a bow mind you like big deer man yeah yeah it's awesome um so i was 21 22 we each killed great deer we were after a giant i mean like things world class all of a sudden this big buck showed up mm-hmm. story and i made a plan like hey whoever gets him gets him let's come in at him at both angles story got him and then the next weekend, so I was like, all right, well, story's tag's full. I'll go for that really big typical again. Mm-hmm. Just that deer. I've never, we've never been so bamboozled in our lives, Travis. I was like, I was telling you, I was like, yeah. hey, get your hunts done and come help us find yeah. this deer. I never seen him again. <clears throat> just to, and I just don't know. tell that story that, of that typical. Just outline that. Yeah, just something quick. that happened with him. Um, like just over the how many years you watched him and like what he we found knew. him in 2019 19. yeah as well so we seen him 2019 he was uh just a good framed buck mm-hmm. 165 yeah just a, like yep. another just young good buck uh 2020 
He was a 185 buck, just a beautiful, typical boxy buck. 2021, we never seen him. And that was the year that we had a hard... I didn't find any deer that year. Yeah. We just told that whole yeah. story. Like, we never seen him that year. And then this year, he showed up and was just, like, the typical. Like, just huge. Like, I don't know. I hate throwing this number out there, but he might have been probably just south of 200-inch typical. That's awesome. He, he was big. It was stories year up, and we did everything we could. Like, we we scouted him great. He moved locations to a hill that was just like, all right, we got our work cut out for us. Like, this is going to be tough to kill him on this hill. And it was. Um, we seen him on that hill during archery September 2nd, like right at dark. And that was it. That was the only time you saw him. The only time we ever saw him during hunting season. And then we put in like 10 days looking for him. Yep. And do you guys, I mean, do you guys believe he was there the whole time? Just probably. Lie. Yeah. Probably. If he wasn't there, he was just right around the corner. Like they always are, you know, like, and, and I would go to the other side of the mountain hit. And this is what I love about hunting as a team. We can cover two spots at once. It's true. It's very true. Like The goal's the same. Yeah. yeah. The goal's the same. Yeah. That's awesome. Dude, we'd split up. We would different vantage points every morning, every evening. And just like this buck just really showed us what kind of deer hunters we were. Yeah. And still never found him. But we also, because of the, you know, the experience we told you, like finding deer dead on Instagram, we were like, we're not going to let like big deer walk anymore. Mm -hmm. And actually like a really old buck that we've seen for a few years again, a three point with a drop time, I ended up killing him. Um, I passed him three times with a rifle. Opening day. And then never hard. pursued, like we could have pursued him with archery equipment. We just never did. Like passed him three times. He's bedded like right next to the tent. Like, I mean, it was like 400 yards opening morning from camp. <laughs> yeah. Stories like you guys. Well, <laughs> yeah, that was opening morning when I passed him. But then the next weekend, whatever mm -hmm. it was, a week or so after rifle opened, stories like, dude, you should shoot that deer. And I'm like, no, man, we got a huge typical in here. I'm not shooting him. He's like, that's a good buck, though. I'm yeah. like, yeah, I know. And I made he's a deal. He's goofy. He's once just, in a lifetime. Yeah, he's a goofy old yeah. buck. I tell a story. I'm like, all right, I'll tell you what. I'm going to go walk off this hill, and I'm going to sit there for a while. And when I come back, if he's bedded in the same spot, not if he's standing up feeding, <laughs> like if he's laying there, I'll shoot him. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, we run down the hill, or I run down the hill, and I come sprinting back up to story like, big buck, split cheater, let's go. I'm going to kill him. Let's go. And he's like, what? And I'm like, grab a gun, let's go. So we take off the complete other side of the mountain. And as we're getting up on that patch of timber, I look over at story. I'm like, hey, this is a good deer. Like, let's split up, depending on which side of the timber he comes out on. Like, if he's good enough for you, take him. Yeah, and you guys are rifle hunting. Yep. We're rifle yep. hunting. Story, it's story's year up clear. for he's yeah. the first shooter. Mm -hmm. And he already had this giant typical. So, like, that's Story's buck. Yeah. I just found this split cheater. So, in brand my new mom, buck. You guys have seen. Buck, never, never seen him. Never seen him. See, Been in came... the area a lot. See, there you never go. Never seen him. I mean, that's. Dude. Yeah. How often does that happen? Like, it's so crazy that that can it's happen wild. to me. Like, it was wild. It, yeah. So, I'm like, dude, like, I'm going to shoot this deer. Just so you know, you can have the giant typical. But, like, if he's good enough for you, go ahead and pull the trigger. Well, it's getting dark and I hear boom, boom. And just the way where I was at in the landscape, it sounded so far away. I was like, man, he just killed that typical. Yeah. And so I'm like sneaking up. It's almost dark and I hear him go, I got him. <laughs> like, which one did you get? How far away was he? <laughs> Story? Yeah. Oh, man, I was like walking on him. 
Yeah, like I was like, like you're, Elmer you're Fudd sneaking mode. in, dude. I'm like, where is Where this buck? Going? Yeah, I was just he was smiling. so confused. Like I'm well, like, yeah, I was confused. I had my gun up on my shoulder. I'm like, he's got to be right here. Yeah, and I got a headlamp on by now, and and he's like, he's like, I. I I told him, I was like, I got him. And he didn't even know I was there yet for some reason. And his, I'm like, dude, you're ruining my hunt. Like, quit yelling. Like, <laughs> there's a buck here. Be quiet. And then he's like, you got Sabbath? Which is what we named the big deer. And I was like, so confused. I was like, no, I got the cheater buck. And then but he was. told me to go after, dude. Yeah. yeah. And then he's like super confused. And we're like 80 yards apart, confused. And uh, it, was it, was, a, it was a cool moment on the mountain. So then I'm like, well, cool. I got this big typical. Like, his, he's tagged out. I'll go after the big typical. We're hiking up there for whatever it was, third or fourth weekend. And I'm like, I don't know if I can pass that big, tall, old deer again. Yeah. Like, if he's there, I've got to shoot him. Like, we're striking out since September 2nd on this big typical. Yeah. Like, he's probably gone. You guys are the last weekend? Pretty close? It was close. I think it was yeah. the weekend before. Okay. I think, but I think it was like our last It was our last. Yeah, we had Because we, we had an elk hunt planned. Yeah. So anyways, I got that deer the next morning. That's awesome. So we were able to get two big bucks in one year, and then that brings us to this year. You pursue them, you cherish them, and now it's time to protect them. This is the Mule Deer Foundation. Our mission is the conservation of mule deer, black-tailed deer, and their habitats, the heart and soul of the West. Join the herd today and help us preserve the legacy of these majestic creatures for generations to come. Your membership supports essential conservation projects, research initiatives, and educational programs that secure a future for mule deer and black-tailed deer. Our deer, our heritage, our responsibility. Don't just witness their journey, be a part of it. Join the herd. Together, we can make a difference. Visit muledeer.org today. The split cheater buck, he ended up going 195 and some change. And yeah. he covered some freaking country. So later in the season, a dude hit me up. Mm -hmm. Another local freaking go-getter dude hit me up with, uh, he's like, we got scouting video of him. And I was like, what? And sure enough, and he told me where it was. And I was like, I was blown away how far that deer went. And in awesome. a matter of like two days, because I killed him on the 16th. Yeah, probably just, probably and just they, I, pressured. Yeah, outfitter and people moving in. pressure that like, deer out. Yeah, and he went. Yeah, took off. That's crazy. But, that's a good, that's, uh, well, that's just cool because I think sometimes we do sit and like, and I know I've done this and it, it, I hate to even say this because I don't want to, when you know about a deer, it's hard to leave that deer, but dude, sometimes stuff mm -hmm. does happen and they do leave and yeah, it's yeah. hard. Cause like, I really would recommend to people like, don't give up on a deer. Cause dude, I've done, I've, I, I pretty much wrote them off and then come back and ended up finding them. And I was like, so sick that I was, I left, you know, yeah. so. I would say probably like eight times out of 10, they're still there. Mm -hmm. Maybe the other two, like something happened. Yeah. Who knows? But yeah, this year was supposed to be the impossible year. Well, I think from the get-go, from everybody that I talked to that was hunting Wyoming, scouting Wyoming, dude, what I was seeing, um, Ida, dude, it, it was it was rough. It really was mm -hmm. brutally tough. And like, it's hard to explain to people like that change that happens if you've never witnessed it, like the, it can go from one way the year before to 
something else. And dude, and I go in with all of the confidence in the world. Like, I'm like, okay, I got freaking all these carryover bucks from last year. Mm -hmm. I'm going to find them. I know there's going to be quite a few of them alive. I'm like, I knew I'm probably going to lose some of them. Dude, it was rough. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And we had plenty of deer to look for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Carryover bucks. Yeah. Carryover bucks. And the giant typical. We were like, at the end of the season, you know, we were like, well, if he makes it to next year, he's going to be unreal. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah, we didn't find, we didn't find a single one this no. year. And so this fall, we looked at all the bucks we were supposed to check in on. Nothing. And that's and, also including like, not mentioning Igor, who was another freaking, he was pushing like 200 and we walked away. Yeah. Because <laughs> we were chasing this typical. Yeah, when you find a typical like this, it's it really doesn't matter. No, they really are special, like a straight up typical. The uh, dude, there's the one ninety plus typical is super special deer. Braxton says one ninety five. I'm I, I swear, dude. I think he's plus or minus two inches at two hundred. That's awesome, big deer. So you guys come in. Obviously, you guys live through the winter. You guys, <laughs> I mean, you, it's not like you're not separated from it you're right in the middle of it like knowing but i know like braxton talking to you this like earlier this spring i mean you had all of the confidence in the world like i feel like i mean in all our communications like you're like no it's still we're gonna find them you know and i thought the same thing i really did yeah so you get in you guys start scouting well that that confidence carries over to like i always say there's a difference between being confident and being cocky Mm -hmm. and that's something I, you know, I hope the listeners like kind of seeing a theme throughout these deer stories that we've told is like our mindset is halfway cocky. Yeah. Like between us, like yeah. not to other people, but yeah. like if, if story oh, no, has a goal, I'm they... like, dude, you're, you're getting it. Yeah. Like, come on. Yep. Like you're good. You're going to get it. Yep. That's all there is to it. Also like, I don't know, like something you and I have talked about, um, and we haven't talked about it today in the truck or anything, but like that typical like he humbled us so like year after year all the success and all the hardships we went through and like big al dude big al was impossible to us yeah. and like when we sealed it i like even though we were on like day 10 of not seeing that typical dude i swear i was like uh he's we'll find him like i just felt like we were invincible yeah. and it's something you've mentioned before where it's like and you had mentioned it a little bit earlier in the podcast where it's like you have to do it every single year. Nobody, you like, you don't deserve anything. doesn't matter what you've done before yep. or what's going forward, but you have to do it a hundred percent year in, year out, day in, day out. Yeah. Yeah. You'll get punched in the mouth for sure. Yeah. And that's I, what it felt like. <laughs> and I think too, what's crazy is as rough as like a bad season is and hard as that is to like go through and like you, so you spend all, and it's hard to explain. You spend all that time and then, season goes rough it's true it's hard man it's really it gets you down but like when everything's supposed to go right like when you have a buck scouted and you're like it's over like we got him we're gonna get him and then dude for whatever reason those deer they really are hard to kill like it's there's always some something that seems to happen at least to me like a lot of the like giants they just they're doing something that's got them to this point in life and i don't know it's just crazy and i think it is good for me i know it's good for me 
to lose a couple. I hate to say that as much as I hate to say it, but it gives me perspective. And because there for a while, you really do your confidence level goes through the roof. You're like, I got this dude. And I think that made me slip a little bit on oh, some yeah. deer. So yeah. I think what it was, was like, I got this buck. I know about him. Okay. I'm going to go look for better because I never want to just like, Oh, I found a whatever 215 220 no i want to find another one that's like in those situations i put like look back like dude why didn't you freaking dump more into them you're out cruising mountainsides or going to another state for another deer like thinking i'm gonna kill another bit like yeah. it's just I, I, yeah i see where you're coming from though because like we'll do that so, like deer so habitual mm-hmm. and We'll do that sometimes where we're like, all right, that's probably our buck. Yep. But like, we got three more weekends. Let's go see if we can find a better one. For sure. But yes, you can get humbled fast in the mountains, man. The mountains owe you nothing. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, Which I think the majority of us found out this year. Yeah. (laughs) No, and and that's the thing is like going into it, like I had all the, I was like, so, and I was basing it back on like the 17 winter. Like when I come off that 17 winter, dude, I thought it was going to be horrible. Freaking it ended up being the best season I probably ever had or going to have in my life. And I, I think, hope not, but yeah, probably. Yeah, I hope not too. <laughs> right. But like I, but I mean, being honest, like it's probably going to be hard to beat. And so I was, I just went into it with all the confidence world. I'm like, no, man, we're, we're good. I'm going to find these deer. Yeah. And then you really start getting out there. And then the antler development, man, that was crazy. Like so I slow. felt like things were so slow, so behind looking at deer in the like end of July that look like deer should look in the first of July. Yeah. And, and that, spindly. Yes. Um, yep. All year. That was a theme, mm-hmm. which is really weird considering the deer I killed. Yep. Makes you really wonder what he would have or could have been. For sure. And then I always, in the back of my head, I'm like, man, I'm just in a rut. Like I got to outwork this rut. Like I got to find those deer and I just keep grinding, keep at it, keep looking. And then dude, you're just like, it's tough. And yeah. you don't find them. Like it's hard. Yeah. I mean, you still found some. Oh yeah. And I, deer this oh yeah. Year. And I should like, oh yeah. Like, no, it was, it, it really average, was good for it what was it was. Really but depressing. For the time spent and you know, and it's hard cause you look back and you guys were talking about like looking over. 200 inch bucks and going to another one and you know i got to experience that 14 15 um 16 like dude i had so many giants i could not make up my mind which ones to go after like it was hard and it was like it, i mean it really was it yeah and, and dude and what's funny is back in those days i was still hearing the guys bitching about how shitty hunting was. <laughs> you know what i mean and it was like unbelievable and guys that i knew that were out crushing it whether you know i just knew so many guys you guys scott thompson like dude they're out, like it's like insane what guys were finding we've and lived s- a good life yeah <laughs> and you just gotta go get it yeah yep even though it was supposed to be horrible back then. Like, I remember hearing locals complaining all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just funny, like, what I got to experience those years and having too many 200-inch bucks to hunt. Like, I literally could not get tall. Yeah. And, dude, that's quite a problem to have. Like, talk about first-world problems. What I'd give to yep. have a few sprinkled out over. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it's yeah. a hard thing. So, you guys get start scouting this year. You're out crushing it. Um, I know I, I come up one day with you. Um, 
you guys are just out getting after it and just, yeah. it just never really found. Yeah. We, we hit some spots that looking back on bucks, couldn't find anything. I mean, we left two, two hundreds for sure. Like 200 bucks plus a handful of 180 bucks and we couldn't find a single one from last year. Yeah. So scouting this year, we knew it was going to be tough, but again, just like you're saying, like we were confident, like, yeah. Just like you were in seven or in eighteen, yeah. I guess after your seventeen season, it's like, dude, there's got to be one somewhere. Oh yeah. And story had this spot that we've been talking about for years, going to, and just like this one of those places that always produces or always had produced, and we've just been so busy chasing other deer and mm-hmm. things like that. And sure enough, first morning we get there, last like, weekend of August. Yeah. And I was so Last. stoked for you guys. Like, I remember when you texted me this picture. I'm like, August, I'm like, oh my gosh, we did it finally. And mind you, like this whole scouting season, it like, it's hard to freaking muster up like the energy to go into those places when everything, You're every single weekend, it's weekend. nothing, yeah. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. We had to come to a conclusion like, okay, we're just going to hunt this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we're just going to have to hunt. And that's so, that's not typical. Like that's not typical. Like that's was the same thing for me is like. Usually it's, I know exactly where I'm going. I know exactly what I'm doing. Like, there's no question in my, like, I usually have my, like, it's lined out. Yep. Not this year. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we usually like have camp, like already built in or yeah, stash you know, and stuff yeah. and target box. And yeah, but the whole scouting season, I mean, we we're getting beat down with like probably the rest of everybody. And we had a motto. It's like, and we, we would say it to each other, like on the trail, like, dude, it only takes one. Mm-hmm. Just one. That's right. And dude, that's the thing that I try to tell myself whenever I start getting like just that little shadow of doubt in my mind, I just sit and think, dude, my hunt can go from the worst hunt ever to the best hunt ever in two seconds. Like Mm -hmm. it's one deer, like one minute. You only got one tag. Yeah, dude, it's that (laughs) easy. Yeah, it's that easy. Dude, and you're in the mountains, like you never know. Yeah. Yeah. So that morning we get to this, like. I've never been here. And we're like 20 minutes late. <laughs> yeah, we're slightly late. But um, Story's always talked about this particular hillside. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, big buck this year, big buck this year, and then that one. And then like just all mm-hmm. these cool deer he's explaining to me. I'm like, man, we need to get to that hill. And sure enough, dude, we get over there and Story's looking kind of up at the hill and sets his pack down. And while I'm watching him like – you know, get his spotter out or whatever, getting ready for the morning glass. I kind of look past him and I see this rack flicker and it was, I pull up my binos. I'm like, that's, that's a good buck. Uh-huh. Like, that's definitely the biggest buck we've seen. But at that time I wasn't sure like it was like a, a shooter buck yet, but I yeah. was like, that's a good buck. Yep. And so story, like I said, he was fumbling with his pack, getting his spotter out. I'm like, throw your spotter on that. And sure enough he does. And I'm like, is that a good buck? And he's like, yep. Dude, mind you like, this buck was like 120 yards That's below so us. Cool. Yeah. So he filled the spotter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the sun's like hitting my bino. So I can't, like, I know it's a decent deer, but I can't quite tell mm-hmm. like how good. Yeah. And he's just like, yep, that's a shooter. Yes, dude. Just that feeling of like. We got we, something for the like, opening day. I don't care if we kill him or not. Like we found something. To yes. Do. Like yeah. just to pursue. For sure. Dude. Um. The next day. So we watched him for a minute. He and left. what day was this? This was end of August? This is like August 28th. I mean, we could probably pull up a picture, but yeah. yeah a couple yeah, days. It is towards the very I mean, end. Yep. Fourth quarter. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Um, 
the next day, so we went to a couple other spots, you know, like we already knew that deer was there. We went to a couple other drainages over, didn't find nothing really worth talking about. The next day we seen him again, but he was like in an interesting spot, like just down the ridge, not too far. I don't know, 700 yards down the ridge. Mm-hmm. Like luck of the draw, seen him again, like through this small opening. And Travis, I think I called you and I was like, dude. Yeah, I think I'm pretty confident with a bow in my hand, but I don't think I'd kill this deer as a bow. I remember like you if, telling me. If he's on that hillside, like, probably going to have to shoot him with a rifle, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, No, I remember is, you telling me that. It's going to be a tough deer to hunt. And um, so then archery came. We get there the night before. We did not find him the night before. Um, morning of September 1st. It was well into probably 10 a.m. and still no sign of him. Hadn't seen him. Haven't seen him. And I'm asking stories. So I'm looking way across this this drainage and like this big hill. And I'm like, have you been up there? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> it's not fun. I'm like, well, if we're up there, we should be able to see that hillside pretty well, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I think so. I'm like, all right, well, let's get up there. We start taking off across there. We get mostly up there and we're like, let's sit down right here and just see what we can see. We can't see the whole hillside yet, but it definitely opened up. Changing your vantage point. Oh, yeah. Change of vantage points, man. Um, it was one o'clock and boom, we found his running mate. Like same spot as he was. Like, I'm, oh, dude, that's it. Just running. in some like stuff you couldn't see in too well. Yeah. Just the way the hill bent mm-hmm. around away from us. He was still right there, though. The- yeah, he's still there. Yeah. <laughs> It just had these rolling folds, and from our yeah, angle, all bent. we could see was the ridges of each fold, and they were in the fold. Yeah, the ridge bent away from us and had a bunch of like little mm-hmm. little folds, like he says. So we found his running mate, a little three by four, um, gray coat buck. So we knew it was him. You've been you'd seen this deer two days or three days earlier with him. He was with him every time you'd seen yep. him. So it's like, yep. hey, there's something's up. Yep, and you know, of course, like. There's all these other places he could be, you know, but yeah. like when you find the running mate, it's like, you better stick around. Especially that time of year. Yeah. So we sat there from only like 1 to one thirty, probably. And so we, his running mate had a doe with him, a two point, and this other four point we'd never seen. And they all start moving across this open hillside and go to this dark patch. Mm-hmm. And they're going to go bed in there. And the last little four point that we'd never seen starts walking across the meadow. He stops and looks downhill and just stares down there. And I remember telling the story. I'm like, he's down there, dude. Mm-hmm. And the deer turns a 90 degree angle away from that dark timber and starts walking downhill. Like he's not going to bed by himself. Yeah. He's going so he to... turned from the other deer. He left yep. the other deer, turned. 90 degrees, went downhill. This is deer behavior, guys. Like, I can't, like, <laughs> what you're saying about watching a deer's mannerisms and, like, looking, dude. Yeah. I I put a lot of weight into it. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. they'll tell you everything you need mm-hmm. to know. Yes. If you if you pay attention. Even to the buck you might not be hunting or yep. the does that are, yeah, whatever. Yeah. What, what else is he looking at? Like, he's looking downhill at something. And you know when they're minutes. looking, like it's one thing to like pass, maybe they saw movement and they'll look at it for a second and then they go. But when it's like, they focus on something. Gen- it changes his direction of yeah. where he was going. Then like put some class, like put some age class on, on it too. Cause like 
yeah. out of the four deer, there was this fairly mature four point, mm-hmm. a doe, a two point, and then like a bat, like a two year old, like interesting basket buck, you know? And so this mature four point was the m- most mature buck we we're mm-hmm. looking at. And he's doing, his behavior was this, whereas the two young bucks stuck with the doe. Yeah. Like that older mature buck, he didn't want to hang out with those guys and yeah. he doesn't trust those... them, you know? And was that his running mate? The that one that buck. walked down to him? No. Okay. We, we, had, we didn't see him. Okay. No. So yeah. his oh, that's running right. you mate said was a yep. three by four that had a okay. gray coat. That's right. You said probably that. a more mature deer than this four point, but the four point was bigger than the other ones. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you could just tell, like he was, he knew where he was going. Yeah. He wasn't just like. He was going to follow the leader. That shade looks better. Like, yeah, he had somewhere to go. Um, So we still can't see the target book. Still can't see the target book. We can't even see where the four point went, but we knew he went downhill. So we climbed the mountain even more, Mm -hmm. got a better vantage. Okay, I can see probably where this buck went. I can't see him yet, but probably this is the group of cheese that he walked down Mm -hmm. into. And eventually we did find that four point bedded. Like, okay, so he did go down there and bed. Awesome. Why? Yeah. Um, I think it only took us 30 to 40 minutes. It was pretty fast. New buck in the spotter, new buck. It's him. That's awesome. And he was Was he bedded where you could see him fairly good or was he in the Um he was up on his feet. Feet, Oh, he got up. So it was 145. So I what did I say earlier? I said 10 a.m. and 2 2 p.m. Deer on their feet, taking a leak. For sure. Changing beds. 145, somewhere around there. He was on his feet. Um 10 seconds like it wasn't long yeah before you flip the switch yeah and it was like and this is something story and i like we refuse like it's funny like we we say certain words to like get us in that mindset like we never say i'm gonna go give it a shot yeah i'm gonna go try this out yeah i'll see you back at camp when this buck blows out (laughs) every time story and i leave we say well i'm gonna go kill that deer i like it see you later manifest yeah, that's it i'm gonna go kill that buck so grab my bow got my stuff ready i'm like well, it's opening day opening day september 1st i'm gonna go kill that buck story took off went back around the mountain how long did my stock take you're there like in an hour you hit the ridge point like in an hour because i was like impressed so i peeked over the ridge within an hour and so what time of the day is it that you're getting there Right around four, probably three. Yeah, I think, I think I it was him at four. Yeah, it was closer to three because I mean it was like two when I we got found there him. in an hour. Yeah, and then from there till the time I released an arrow was probably another forty-five minutes. And a little more context to it too is like we assumed he was going to bed again, like we had mentioned earlier. Um, and so we're 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 pre- I'm watching and I'm prepared for that, so I'm keeping my eyes on him because I'm expecting him to bed, mm-hmm. and then him going to have to figure out and find him, kill him. But we had weather coming in. Yeah. A big storm came yeah, in. Yeah, that's right. Except I remember. Yeah. I remember. It was insane. <laughs> we had some hardcore wind and rain come yeah. in. Which we'll play into the story later, but like. So we, we already knew this young four point. He was still bedded. Okay. The other deer. Got on his feet. The deer I killed. He got on his feet and we knew like, okay, well, that's fine. That doesn't bother me. I don't need to see him bed again. I know mm-hmm. where he's going. Like I might not know the exact patch of tur- dirt that he's going to lay in, but like. That's fine. He's on his feet. While he's on his feet, I'm going to be on my feet and go after him. Close the he's distance. He's going to get back into his bed. So I knew what patch timber he should be in. Made it over the ridge. And I just 
I thought for sure from the ridge to him was going to be bow range slam dunk. Well, the hill rolled more than I expected. Yeah. And like I already called you the week before and I was like, I don't think I can kill him. Yeah, I know. I remember you telling him. He was in the exact spot that I told you I was worried about. (laughs) And sure enough, I get over there and it was not easy. It took me an hour, almost an hour within bow range. To fling an arrow, like, and I'm losing my absolute mind. Yeah, because I can see the buck and I can see him, and from my view, it looks like he's in bow range, and he's in the wide open, and the buck's in the wide open. You're thinking, what is going on? They're literally f- switching sides on the mountain. Braxton's walking, uh, whatever it'd be, south, and this buck's walking north, and I'm, I'm just like, I'm like, the buck's still on his feet. Yeah, and I'm like, he's not going to kill him. I was like, he's probably. not going to kill him. I'm like. Yeah, exactly. so he did bed one more time while I was stalking him. Yep. He did get on his feet. Again, while I've I seen that happen so many times yep. in storm systems, like cloud cover. Dude, rain, it's so funny. Like before an incoming rainstorm, it's like, I, dude, I don't know. It's like they know it's going to start yep. raining and they hurry in to get a bite. Like, yeah, so. Dude, they get all buggered up. Yeah. And it's exactly what happened. Dude. And he's within bow range of him for an hour. And, I'm and you're, you, you don't have any idea that the way that hill's rolling. No. So you're thinking, what are you doing standing in the open? Dude, at one point to me, I swore like he was 60 yards from him and they're in a direct line with each other and there's no trees, just some brush. Yeah. But I'm like, where? And he's like, I'm looking at him and he's like not looking down. He's looking everywhere else. I'm like, no, what? He doesn't see him. What the frick are you doing, dude? I almost thought the deer got up and took off down the ridge. I was thinking about like swooping around and maybe catch him Mm -hmm. wherever the heck he went to. But I took a picture of the hillside before I left story. That's such a good, dude, I, I think mm-hmm. it's so important. It's so, yeah. Dude, you got a phone in your pocket or whatever, take a picture. It can help you. Take so multiple much. pictures. Yeah. It is so different when you get over there. Oh. Insanely different. Pick your landmarks. <laughs> yeah. And guess what? The iPhone app has an edit button and you can take a little yellow pencil and circle right. the tree that you think right. your deer's in or whatever else and what. Do you... So anyways, I open up my picture and, I'm and you're like, sitting over there helpless. Yeah, like, and he's he's just like watching it all unfold. Yeah, and I'm my, in bow range the whole time, just can't see the deer. And from my view and my angle down on him, it, he looks like he's skylined just on his phone. And I'm just <laughs> like, he was he's he he wasn't skylined. I won't yeah paint that picture, but it looked like it. Yeah, to me. but he's like ten yards off the off the ridge, just looking at his phone. And I'm just like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, just hunting, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Um, so anyways, I found the, in the picture, I found the trees, like, I know if I get to that tree, like, I, there's no reason I shouldn't see this deer. Mm-hmm. Like, I should see everything if I at least get to that tree, which was only like 20 yards away. Take my time. And would describe the weather at that time where you Started were. to get a little breezy. I look across good the wind. Everything was. Oh, yeah. Thermals yeah. are in my face. Yeah. The weather's coming from story side right at me perfect so that's gonna throw the wind right uphill right in my face i'm above the deer the deer's below the hill Mm -hmm. blow me downhill yep it was a freaking wall of a storm i look over at story this is funny i look over where story's at and i can't see his hillside it's starting to rain bad it that it changed that much oh yeah dude i knew i knew i had like a minute like i could not see his the other side of the canyon it was raining. So, like, I could see him, and, like, here's a, here will be a little tip, a little nugget. I look at him, and I see him take his bow out of his hand, unlock, 
and he hooks his D loop into a super small carabiner that we run on our pant loops. Hmm. So then he can pull out his binos and his phone and be hands free. So when I see him do that, I'm like, I thought it was over. Yeah. This and then I'm like stressing because I like I feel the wind coming. So I gotta like I'm ripping my rain gear on and I'm like, well, it's over. Like Oh yeah, dude. I'm in stocking shoes. I just will head back to the tent and freaking do he can yeah. get wet out there. Dude, I left my backpack, my rain jacket. I'm in stocking shoes, like you know, socks. That's and, how you, yeah. yeah. Boots are off in the open, like try getting rained on. Like, my goodness, man. No, I get to this tree. And I stand there and I look downhill and I can see everywhere. Like, I'm like, he's gone. The deer is gone. Like, how in the world did this happen? Like, he should be here. Like, wind was in my face. Like, I see everything where he could have gone to. Mm -hmm. I look out of the corner of my right eye, 30 yards away, maybe. Maybe under 30 yards. And I see a big velvet rack bound away from me. Two big jumps. Take off away from me. I screwed it up. I just blew this freaking stock like big time. Like, Mm. so I still have an arrow knocked. I take off running. I run towards the bound, like sprinting, like hoping, you know, how mule deer do. They bound a couple times, stop and turn back and see what the heck that was. So I take off running and I get there and there's nothing. Gone. Like, dude. I just blew this freaking deer out of here. What are you thinking the whole so, time? This is pretty funny because like, like I said. Yeah, now he's running out of him. I'm thinking this dude, dude. Well, I missed it. I missed it oh. all because I thought he, like, I thought it was over. We were giving up. I'm throwing my rain gear on. I get my backpack on. I'm like, I look down into the spotter and all I see is this buck. I see him just like he mentions two big bounds, but he was just bounding over these large bushes. Mm-hmm. And then after the second bound, he just immediately puts his head down and starts feeding again. And then I look back to where I last seen Braxton and he's not there and I can't find him. So I'm like, I really was just like lost. What is going on? So then I'm like, well, my job here is to watch this deer. So like, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. So, yeah. So <clears throat> I'm looking downhill, thinking the deer bounded away, got downhill, turned around, looked up, nothing's there. Mm-hmm. So I was positive I blew it. And how good could you see All like the, the terrain? Bottom. Like other than like the tri- strip of trees that he was bedded in, uh-huh. like there's a strip that ran to the bottom, mm-hmm. but like he was in the wide open. Like, You're convinced you've blown him. Dude, I thought he was gone. Like for sure. Like dude, what I saw, like it's the typical, like a deer seeing you. Mm-hmm. Like I was sure in my mind, I was like, that deer's been watching me for like three minutes. And I didn't see And him. then by the time I saw him, he decided to run away. Like that's what I thought happened. So I run over and I set my bow down. Like, all right, well, try again tomorrow. And I at that moment, it's a wide open hillside, sagebrush, and one tree in the middle. And I see the butt of a deer, a tail flicker. And it's a gray body. And I walk downhill, left my bow there. How far are you? 60. Walk downhill. It's the three by four, his running mate. Still standing there. Standing, feeding. Feeding. So I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. Like if this deer bounded away, like he would have, like he wasn't alerted, nothing. He was feeding. Yeah. So I'm like, what in the world just, like I was so, like so confused. Yeah. So I walk back up to my bow and as I pick my bow up, I look back over there to see if I'm getting pinned by this three by four. And I see a rack step out behind that one tree, and it was him. 
And he's doing what? Feeding. No way. Uh, he starts feeding uphill. Has like, I'm in the wide open. He's is it in raining? The... Pouring? Oh, yeah. Dude, so this is where the story gets crazy. I'm getting drenched. Dude, I look over and I see the sagebrush coming up the hill. You know how like when the wind picks up and like. Yes, it's folds like it's it all over. at you, like mm-hmm. chasing you. Like, oh no. Range the buck. And I knew, I was like, I got a second to make this shot. Before the wind hits Before me this wind 80 hits miles me. an hour, whatever. Dude, I let that arrow go. And I saw the arrow go sideways in there. Like, i telling you, when I hit my release, the wind hit. And I'm like, mid-air, no! And I can see the freaking fletching. It smacks the buck. And I'm not even going to lie to you, it was a bad shot. Like, that arrow, it looked like it was going sideways. But that buck made it... Two bounds, maybe, and I've never seen so much blood. I got lucky and caught an artery. So did you get him in the femoral, like in the back? or? Yeah, it was like in front of the hip. Okay. So I missed by probably a good foot and a half. Behind the shoulder blade, it hit in front of his hip. So I don't know what, I guess that's yeah, I think probably so. fem- mm-hmm. femoral. Yep. Blood everywhere. Like, <laughs> so lucky, man. Like, both sides of the deer was just drenched. You got to pass through. Dude, he went ass over tea kettle, I don't know how many times. Yeah. Down the mountain. And I'm running. So, I'm stressed out again. Like, no. Just made another bad shot. I just spent an hour telling you the story about my 21 buck. Like, are you kidding me? Knock another arrow, and I'm sprinting down the hill. Like, as soon as this. And, yeah, you watch this one. You know it was like you're like. I knew for a fact. Like, yeah, yeah, this was not a good shot. And. I've seen a deer smack into a ditch and like disappear. <laughs> yeah. So did like you get to? Are you watching all of this? Oh, yeah. So you saw all of this. So I didn't know where he was, but I'm watching the deer, and then the lower buck, his running mate that he first seen, uh-huh. lifts his head and looks up, and it it was him drawing back. It pegged him, and so then I'm like, oh crap, he's right here. He's here. Boom, he shoots. Yeah, deer takes two big big bounds downhill and then like stutter steps. And then I see it again, painted red down the rear leg. And my, same thing. My, my brain went straight back to yeah, uh, 2021. I, I was just like, no way we're doing this again. Yeah. Like, there's no way. Like we're not going to get lucky like that again. Like yeah. this, we're screwed. And as I'm watching dude, him, dude, I feel like the worst archer ever. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And then, as I'm watching him, dude, he's going. And then like you said, just head, headlight, tail light. And then he finally hits that, you know, that, that dead rest and then sloughs out of sight. And I was like, so I just seen his, no idea. I seen his feet go over his head and I was sure like, he's going to get back on his feet once he like gains himself. Yeah. Gets himself back together. He's going to get back on his feet, but he's out of bow range. Now I start running down this steep mountain and pouring rain, rain, mud. I got socks on essentially. (laughs) And like, I'm going to put another arrow in this buck. Like, I don't care if he's a 270 yards away. Like I'm flinging one. (laughs) <laughs> but I get, I'm trying to weave my way through these little trees that he like rolled down into. And I just keep seeing. Did dirt. you pay attention at the blood? Was you around on it? No. Just, yeah, no. it was just kill I just mode. Needed, you were after yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. And I just keep seeing dirt flinging up. Dude, he rolled so far. Mm-hmm. And I got within 10 yards of him and his head's tucked under his chest. And I'm like drawn back, like walking up on Yeah. Him. Dude, he was dead. That's so cool. Dead. Yep. That's awesome. Dude, it was crazy. And so 
talk about the buck, man. He's so dude, the buck is, he a, is impressive. He's a compact, heavy, massy buck. Um, when you say compact, I mean when he's I, not when thirty, he's not thirty <laughs> yeah. inches wide. He's just he's um he's wider than his ears, but he's just a yeah. I I call it just a big heavy frame, yes. like dude. just. Dude, he's big. The he's un- big. His back right fork is just really, really deep and bladed. His fronts are big. His left fork is really deep with an inline in it and a small kicker. Um, good eye guards. I can't <laughs> – I'll never forget. So I'm pulling his antlers out from under his belly, and I grab his antler base. I was afraid his antler broke off because of all the rolling. But I grab his antler base and pull on it. And I can't get my hand around his base. That's so cool. As a mule deer. Yeah. It was cool. Dude, so what did he end up scoring? I, well, Story and I scored him at 194 and a half. Yeah. It's epic, dude. He's dude, one hell of a the, un, the unmeasurable mass is my yes. favorite. Like, yeah. The mass he carries in places that you don't, you don't see a, deer yes. carry it there blows my mind. That's a good way to describe that deer because, I mean, honest, that is what it is. Like, it's massed high yeah. up in his points. Like, he's just. Yeah. Yeah, he's, I mean, obviously, that's a great score. He's not like this giant, unbelievable scoring buck, but when you look at him, your eyes bug out. Yeah. He's just a cool deer. Yeah. Yeah, the massiest buck I've had the opportunity to hunt, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, would probably, it's just, in my opinion, from what I've seen this year, it had to have been in the top two deer killed top three deer killed in wyoming this year i mean yeah very fortunate yeah it's it's Um, epic yeah i mean i'm not gonna downplay like how hard we worked but a lot of people do Mm -hmm. so like it was a tough year and you know we came out on top which is cool awesome exciting but it we don't have any deer to look for next year yeah well yeah, it's going to be an interesting, it's going to be an interesting ride, but you guys made the most of it and it's just super cool, man. I, I'll never like, so I think the sun was just setting. It was storming rain like crazy. And I got your picture. Like you said, you sent it to me and I'm like, dude, I think you didn't even have a field photo. You sent me the oh. buck and I'm like, what dude? <laughs> On opening day. Dude, I couldn't, like I climbed to the top of the hill and I had service and it was the reason I caught, like, you and I talked the day before I left, mm-hmm. and I snapped a picture. Dude, I'm getting dumped on. I'm like, I got to get back to my oh, backpack. Yeah. But I get to the top, and I get service. I'm like, I got to tell Travis. Yeah, dude. it was so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really was super cool. Yeah. It was fun. It it just, like, really cemented, like, all the hard work. Like, you know, we've been really fortunate to kill some great deer. and um, But just, like, to know that we could do it, when everything's stacked against yeah, you. I mean, it sure. already is, but like when everything's stacked against you and mm-hmm. just, all right, cool. Dude, like one of my biggest takeaways feeling. in that moment when you got off there and you can see that hill and you're looking at all of it and the buck took those two big bounds, dude, I know like myself in that situation. And this is like, I'm just talking for myself, but like I look at that storm, I can't see story across the canyon. I'm barefoot. Dude, a lot of guys would freaking turn around, said, dude, I better go get my shit. Yeah, it's over. And you didn't, like, you kept, you stayed in the fight, I guess. 
Like, yeah. you know, I don't know if running at a deer, <laughs> <laughs> but dude, that at work, you know what I mean? You stayed in the fight and freaking got it done, dude. Like, yeah. and dude, why do you think that deer took those bounds like that? You know, what it's you funny. Th- Cause I asked story that I'm like, dude, he ran away from me. And he's like, no, dude, he like for whatever, this hillside had huge sagebrush. Mm-hmm. That's how he got to the bush he wanted to eat on. Was they jumped oh jumped instead over. of walking around yep. a sagebrush, he just jumped over and yep. dude, and I think it's so important to not give up until you know it's over. I had to yep. know. Like you should not give up until you know it's over. Like so many times you find a buck and maybe you're by yourself. And I know this happened to me personally, and I get all the way over there. I had the buck bedded. I walk down there, dude, and I'm at the tree. He was at, I can see his bed and he's not here. And I'm like, oh, I screwed it up. He heard me. And dude, the deer's freaking 30 feet. He changed beds on me. You know, it's just stuff like that. It's easy to give up. And that's like, that's the difference. I mean, that's the difference between that buck hitting the ground or maybe never seeing him again. You know what I mean? It's just staying with it. Yeah. Yeah, It's pretty cool. Yeah. And it's the reason I did that. I mean, like deer, almost 10 times out of 10, a deer's going to look back. For sure. And Especially if he didn't like know exactly, yeah, for sure. Yeah, if he sees something or hears something, yeah, and they hear stuff all the time. That's the other thing, dude. Watching deer and like getting close to deer with archery equipment, it's kind of funny, man. Like how much noise they make and how much they're looking around, and sometimes they act all surprised. Like one will do something, dude, and you can't panic in that moment. Here's a big tip I want to point out too. One of the reasons I love to archery hunt deer while they're feeding, mm-hmm. their ears. Yes. are like 10 inches and yes. they're in the bushes touching bushes dude they're making noise yep. like i'm not the stealthiest person like it's loud yeah. it's just the way it is mm-hmm. man the brush is dead and dry mm-hmm. like if they're down and their heads feeding i got a chance mm-hmm. no that's awesome and yep. it's a lot of truth to that man like in the ambush style hunting i mean that's really like in a lot of situations when you can't see where a deer's bedded you know how what are you going to do just go sneak through the trees i mean maybe but if you have them out in the open feeding and you can get on them i don't know man i I just really like your attitude on it both of you guys like looking at it just and getting it done and dude the proof's in the pudding i mean to kill that level of deer with archery equipment and you guys have done it over and over again it's pretty amazing it really is yeah Yeah. you got to give yourself a chance yeah i can tell you what the deer was bounding to Habitat. Yeah, there you go, <laughs> he was, man. Dude, that's what he was doing. And like you'd mentioned with yeah. storms, dude, like it forces him to get up and like they want to go get a quick bite. And yeah. like, that's exactly what he was doing. And they do do act like, you know, you see a horse out in a pasture and dude, the storming like right before a storm hits. Dude, they do weird things too. Like, yep. they, you know, and, I, and I've seen deer kind of act like just different, like not normal deer behavior, like before a storm hits. You didn't hunt the storms, man. Like, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. just as guilty. Like, stories hunted with me for a long time. Like, dude, I do not like to be wet. I hate being wet. Yeah. But, dude, it's good hunting. water. And I mean, the honest truth is, yeah. Dude, nowadays with our gear, it's not like you're up there in a cotton shirt that you're going to freaking freeze to death. You're going to go like, home in a couple days. It's, it's like things have come a long ways yep. and I don't know, man, use all that gear that you've got. Even if it's like, you don't have your rain gear, you had good synthetics on, like, you know, I was, I was fine then. Yeah. You're not going to die. Yeah. The storm didn't last forever. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the thing. Like, I remember that storm. Like it was a quick moving, like in, 
I don't know, it was passed by what, 40 minutes, something like Probably. that. Yeah. Freaking gone. Just yeah. enough to soak everything yeah. on the ground on the hike back to the tent. Yep. And allow Braxton to run at a deer and not be heard. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing, man. The wind was blowing like it was lot like yeah. covered a lot of a lot of me. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's awesome, man. That's really a cool story. And you guys, dude, it's really cool. I appreciate you taking all this time. I think um this is maybe gonna be one of the longest podcasts I've ever done, two hours, forty five minutes. So I appreciate <laughs> you guys. Yeah, right, Seems right. like it was quick, but it's just always good. And I hope everybody takes some lessons from this because there was a lot of good tips in there man and just comes from hard-earned experience yeah you know i appreciate it i appreciate all the kind words and i definitely had a blast you know i hope i hope we're okay um i think we will i think we need to be patient and i think we need to you know um be mindful of each other and just hunters in general we need to take care of each other mm -hmm. like we're in a rough spot right mm -hmm. now you know if we can be on a united front yeah yeah there's a lot of truth to that, man. And you see some of the things that are happening in various states across the West. I mean, think, I mean, thank God we don't live in a liberal freaking ran state. You know, I look at our neighbors in Colorado, like what's going on in Oregon, Washington, dude. And it's like, yeah. it's crazy, man. Yeah. These next few years are really going to show like, you know what sportsmen are made of. Mm -hmm. Well, that's awesome guys. Appreciate it. 